There are conversations <laughs> and, and conversations. conversations. Talk about the weather, man. <laughs> Talk about the podcast, man. <laughs> oh, what a great show. Yeah, what a night. What a night. That was awesome. I can't imagine yep. a better way to spend a Wednesday night. I know, right? I actually got home and went to sleep and got up and went to work, and I ached a little bit. My body ached from rocking out so hard. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I I had planned on calling into work and just being like, I'm not coming in today. But I woke up, and I was like, yeah, I can go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's good, because I was at work today going, man, old Lodger's probably just lounging at home, taking it easy, and all this time you were at work. Yep, working my ass off. No, I wasn't. Uh, But I was working. I did get up and go to work. Okay. You you took it easy a little bit. A little bit. I Uh, had an easy day. I I didn't have anything big planned. Okay. So it was a fairly easy day. I didn't have a lot of stuff on my plate, which is always nice. Right. Yeah, I guess my, my day was fairly light considering... Actually, well, you've had some busy days lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of toned down a little bit. Good, I guess. Yeah, because we were just, you know, we were mad rushing to finish this project before customers arrived, as I described in the previous podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we we got a lot to talk about. We should get right into the show. Okay, that sounds good. This can be okay. a pre-show less episode. Yeah. Yeah, except for maybe ten seconds of uh, us. But don't uh, cut out the part where I'm singing, man. That's the best part of the whole pre-show. Oh, well, yeah. Don't worry about that. That's <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's musical gold, man. That's of it's course musical gold right there, man. I think the, that will draw so many listeners. Oh yeah, the pre-show is going to be nothing but that little snippet of you singing. <laughs> that's all it's going to be. No. Oh, that's all it needs to be. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, is it your turn to do an intro? It is. So I will just get that thing going, and we will get this show a rolling. Since we're starting, a, okay, we're starting a little bit late because I was watching. We did start a little late. Yeah, I was watching Riverdale and pooping. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the same time, I hope. No, but it was it was okay. Ru- good. The rumbling started then. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I waited. I didn't. Well. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't shit the bed or anything. Oh, good. That's a good thing. Well, yeah. I think when you, I think when we start shitting the bed, it's time to hang up the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. That's that's probably a pretty good, pretty good rule of thumb there. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good uh, watermark right okay. there. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've uh, turned off half of our listeners, why don't we welcome, get this thing started before we lose the other half? To, welcome to a slippery diarrhea slope. <laughs> Yes, the Slick as Owl Shit podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right, well, that there we just lost another 50% of our audience. So. I know, I know. Now there's only two people listening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, then, man. Let, let's, let's get it rolling. So here, right. here we go in three, two, one. Q. 
Keeping Podcasts Weird, from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you the Driscoll Hotel, Deep Eddy Cabaret, the Tavern, the historic Scoot Inn, Schultz Garden, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats, it's a slippery slope. With the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. Hey, man, those were all bars. Yeah. You're you're supposed to mix it up a little bit. It's supposed to be like a couple people, a couple (laughs) places, a couple things. I was working on a theme. I was trying to work on historic Austin uh, bars and venues. Okay, all right. If that if that's you do what you you do what works for Mark. All right, <laughs> Captain Naysayer. <laughs> I know. What do you Captain get, asshole? Why do you get a shit on everything, Lodger? <laughs> I know, man. Right? I thought I pooped before the show. I thought we got all our poop out before the show. Right? But no, right. we're gonna uh, we're gonna shit on stuff in this podcast. Yeah, it's okay. Actually, there's not there's not a lot to shit on on this podcast because mm. we have had a great couple of weeks oh my god yeah hanging out and doing stuff we and sure have more to come yeah more to so. come for sure so yeah <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost like yeah or as uh-huh <laughs> go ahead as the kids say m m numeral two c <laughs> <laughs> ah okay <laughs> mm2c yes of course m2c man yeah we like, were having uh, a like uh, we were having a a, 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 a back and forth uh, texting of with uh, things, and there were there were some things I didn't understand, like you were FFS, and I was like, "What's FFS?" And then you know, you told me for fuck's sake, and I was yeah, like, for wow. fuck's sake, it's for fuck's sake. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm behind the times. Yeah, man, that's an old one. The kids know that mm, one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I should know that. I mean, that's like a phrase I used all the time. Right. Not FFS, and it's, but and it's for fuck's great. sake. Yeah. <laughs> it's great when you're texting someone and they say something and you want to be like, for fuck's sake. And you can just put mm-hmm. FFS. Yeah. Everybody knows. Agreed. You know? <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Text, the, kids have made, the kids have made life easy on us and we need to, uh, we need to um, appreciate that and adapt to it. There's no reason to know grammar or spelling or any of that shit anymore. <laughs> no. We just need emojis and letters. Mm-hmm. If you can't say it in 140 characters, then it's not worth saying. <laughs> all right, wow. show's over. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. We're... That's all our time. <laughs> hey, man, what's to be said after after that amazing statement? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that both amazing and oh, horrifying we... statement. <laughs> But we have, you know, we have so much to talk about this episode. Yeah, we um, do. <laughs> I always like starting with the uh, with the people who've died. Of course. Hey, cue, cue music. Okay. Are you ready for this? Because we're going to have, actually going to have also our Twin Peaks moment inside the people who died moment. Oh, my so, God. 
How are we going to do it? It's going to get crazy. Yeah, there's going to be know. there's going to be That's... musical cues everywhere. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, so so who died? That uh, uh, I don't know if I've heard of anybody and Twin Peaks connections. So, Usher you on, start sir. with that one. That that one was. It's actually someone I've never. I don't recognize the name. Uh, he was a producer on Blue Velvet, and his name was Richard Roth. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I don't know if he worked for, you know, Blue Velvet and Dune and mm-hmm. maybe even a couple other movies. I know Blue Velvet and Dune were like Dino De Laurentiis productions. And I don't know if Dino De Laurent- if Richard Roth worked for Dino De Laurentiis or hmm. or some uh, from some somewhere else, but I Yeah, I don't uh, know. I saw that somewhere somewhere. Well, one of the things I, you know, I don't want to give away secrets here, but one of the ways I find uh, people who've died is there's a, actually a Facebook page on Wikipedia. Not a Facebook page. There's a page on Wikipedia that, uh, that day by day lists people who have died. And so I, okay. I've gotten in the habit of checking it every couple days okay. just to so see. It's, so. it's like a list of people in entertainment or in all walks of life that are somewhat famous. In all walks of life and from a lot of different countries. So there will be like oh. there will be things like physicists and and you know okay. scientific type people and there will be people who who are you know political people from other countries, you know. So okay. on a day on any given day there's like 15 to 20 names there of which you mm. may recognize mm-hmm. one or less. Okay, that's know? interesting. So, do you know what that Facebook yeah, page is called? It's Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's Wikipedia, and it's mm. – I can find it here. It's uh, Deaths in 2017. Ah. And wow. it's updated daily. Why couldn't they have used a more descriptive title? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I gave away our secret, and now no one has to turn into the podcast to see you die. Oh, <laughs> no. But no, they, they're not tuning in to find out who died. They're tuning in to how we're going to tangent off and go down slippery slopes that are triggered by mentions of these particular names and and memories and, and things that we've heard about them. Right. That's a, well, a good point, Mark Browner. Right, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, the people Who's, who die, they, they, they don't, don't matter, man. It's all about us. No. It's all, it's all about I'm us kidding. and what I'm we kidding. have to say about the people who died. Yeah. Right. Um, who's the who, who's the most famous person that died since the last time we did a podcast? Do you do you have a person that you noticed and remembered? No, I don't recall anybody or or seeing about anyone who has died since uh, the last podcast we did. Oh man! Well, there's only one really big familiar name. Okay. And that is Ch- Chuck Barris. Oh, that's true. Who did true. the Gong Show? Yeah. And the Newlywed Game. Well, he created the Newlywed Game and the Dating Game. Of course, he created the Gong Show and hosted it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, I did read about that. Of course, that was r- like the same day or the day after Chuck Berry died, wasn't it? I don't know if it was that close, but it was pretty dang close. It was. And it was like on the last podcast we did talk about Chuck Berry, and I think Chuck Barris died the day after we did the last podcast. Maybe so. Okay. It was. It was, it was in, early in the week. It was definitely close proximity. So it was it was definitely a bad few days for people people for peepee for people people whose initials it's never a bad day for peepee. <laughs> Ask Brian Eno <laughs> and Chuck Berry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! But, uh, Urination for- is turned into a running gag on oh. this show. Get it? <laughs> uh, running gag. Running Get gag. It? <laughs> uh, oh my God! 
<laughs> now, before I said before I said PP, I was trying to say it was a bad few days for people whose initials were CB. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Chuck Berry and and whose first name were Chuck was Chuck. Right. So um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I uh, maybe it was a ahead. secret secret CIA plot by Chuck Barris to obscure his own death. <laughs> you know, I was t- I was like I had to go look up the name of the movie that's based on the book that he wrote, which is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yes. Where I think he he says yeah, it's it's and I saw the movie when it came out, but it was like 2002. So it's been like 15 years. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see it again. It was a really interesting movie. And, yes. I, and I'd really kind of like to see it again. But I don't remember a, I a would. thing about it. In fact, I, I can't remember who directed it, but it was somebody fairly well known, mm-hmm. I think. And the guy. Sam Rockwell plays Chuck Barris right in that so it's a good movie yeah I, I liked it makes me want to uh, to actually read the book mm-hmm but I never did but, yeah uh, maybe I should <laughs> now that Chuck yeah, Barris never, has died yeah. right yeah yeah okay yeah yeah give his give his uh family some money by going and buying his book mm-hmm. um, but yeah. uh I loved the Gong Show too when in its heyday I I oh, loved it me too that was uh, like one of the that was like the highlight of my weeks when the Gong Show came on. Oh my goodness, that was oh yeah something so completely different. Yes, yeah, so much fun. Mm-hmm. And, and my favorite, my favorite was Gene Gene the Dancing Machine. <laughs> I love I, Gene why, Gene the Dancing. You know that that immediately popped into my head when you said, you know what my favorite <laughs> thing was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it was the same thing every time, but I just loved it. No 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 Yeah, big fat black guy would come out just kind of dancing around. It was uh-huh. great. Great, yeah, great they, television, man. They had, they had a lot of uh, recurring running jokes. They had uh, the unknown comic would come on on a regular basis. Was always funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course there were a lot of memorable things. Do you remember the first uh, act that actually got a perfect score? No, <laughs> it was some guy who came out in a um, a Viking helmet and a Groucho Marx nose and just started randomly screaming weird sounds to a musical accompaniment and then came back on a later episode and got gonged for the same act wow so that's weird yeah isn't that weird <laughs> it just depends on who the judge was exactly yes i guess they always had interesting judges too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you know? can you remember any of the judges i know jamie farr was a guest and then they had um, oh who was the woman that they always had it was jp morgan jp morgan yeah what what was she even famous for? I don't know. I think <laughs> I asked my mom at one point, and I think she was. We should look her up on Wikipedia. Right. I think she was in some plays in New York, but I don't know. Oh, maybe. I've never heard of her. I've never seen her in anything besides the Gong Show. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't know where where they got where they they got her from. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She they was would a, have really weird uh-huh. judges. Yeah. Avery Schreiber. You think he was ever a judge? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. Oh yeah, I'm sure he was. <laughs> Avery Trier, uh Paul, you remember Paul Williams, the little, of course, um, the little blonde-haired singer guy. You know, Paul Williams singer, did a song on singer the songwriter. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he did a song on the new, the latest Daft Punk album that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's right. He's still around doing stuff. So I know that's yeah. pretty amazing. He's had some staying power. I mean, not necessarily as a singer, but certainly as a songwriter. I mean, 
Oh yeah, absolutely. We would yeah. be, we would be shocked by the number of songs that he's written that uh, people have made famous throughout the years, over the decades. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in a movie called and, uh, uh, "Phantom of the Paradise." Do you ever see that movie? <laughs> oh, the Kiss movie. Was it a Kiss movie? Right. No, it was like a, the... it was like a modern uh, remake of "Phantom of the Opera," except it was called "Phantom of the Paradise." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Isn't he in? Doesn't Kiss have a movie that he's into? Maybe. I don't know. They do. Probably. I, maybe yeah. it's. <laughs> I thought they were in Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, I thought that was the Kiss movie. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't make me Google it, man. Uh, I'm going to make you Google it. <laughs> wow. You know, we, they, we really slipped off on this slope. Of course, we were talking about Chuck Barris and went to Paul Williams. And then, of course, we went to Phantom of the Paradise. So, wow. So, what is the oh, Kiss movie? Kiss, Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Oh, okay. Well, it might be a I, I, similar story. I think the I think the Kiss movie is more like a Scooby-Doo episode where somebody's doing something mysterious and they unmask. Wow. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you guys in that makeup. <laughs> But I, I don't remember. I've... It's so funny. You took the words right out of my mouth. I said, that sounds like a Scooby-Doo <laughs> episode. <laughs> Instead of the Harlem Globetrotters well, I... with the uh, with the kids, it's Kiss. <laughs> it's Kiss, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, seen, I've seen both of those movies. I've seen the Phantom of the Paradise and, and the Kiss Phantom movie, and I don't remember anything. I do okay. remember Paul Williams in the weird makeup for Phantom of the Paradise or something, but... I, I don't remember much about them. Okay. Yes. Or, or wearing the half mask or something. Well, he wasn't the Phantom. Paul Williams wasn't. It was somebody else who he got wasn't? his. So yeah, it was some guy who. Oh, I don't know what he was. He was like an up and coming or trying to be an up and coming singer, and somehow he got his head caught in a record press <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And then and then oh, took to wearing awesome yeah took to wearing this modified motorcycle helmet that you know resembled a Phantom of the Opera mask and somehow he was he blamed Paul Williams who played this kind of you know rock god type guy and uh, he was trying to kill Paul Paul Williams at some point in the movie or something like that it's been too long right that was like one of the first um, um, PG movies I ever saw at the theater. When I was oh, a kid, wow, really? yeah, yeah, Phantom of the Paradise, it 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 it, it blew my mind. Not as much as I the, don't even, <laughs> yeah, not as much as the first R-rated movie I ever saw, which was uh, which was the Deer Hunter. Oh, <laughs> talk about an intense yeah. movie to see as your first R-rated movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> not good at the theater, no less. Yeah. yeah. Nobody likes to see people getting their brains blown out uh, doing Russian roulette. I've actually never seen The Deer Hunter. I know. Oh, really? That's wow. crazy. Yeah. I've, I've just never. It's just one of those Damn. movies that I've. It's never been a place where they were showing it or oh. it was on TV or I saw the DVD or, you know, it's just one of those movies I've mm-hmm. never. I've. I've seen the clips. I've seen the Russian roulette clip, but uh, I don't know how it ends. Well, um, you should. You should. <laughs> You should see it just because it's got a very young Meryl Streep in it, one of her very first movie right. roles. Yeah, so and I, yeah, I think it's like her second or third. Yeah, yeah, young Christopher Walken. Um, who else? Um, Robert De Niro. I mean, my God, uh, okay. yeah, you know, a, a much younger Robert De Niro, obviously. And uh, gosh, hmm. who else? Uh, lots of stars, lots of up and coming stars at that point. Hmm. About to be's. 
Never seemed like a fun time, so I never got around to watching it. Yeah, that movie is not a fun time, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a Scorsese film, so you should watch it, isn't it? I don't think it's a Scorsese film. No, maybe you're right. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm blowing smoke. I think... Who did the deer hunter? I think that's one of the reasons... It's, I think that's one of the reasons that is it like um oh, damn if I can, Michael Curtiz or I don't know um oh I'm not a big fan of De Niro's and especially his early work and so uh I think that's one of the reasons I've shied away from it is I just De Niro just doesn't do it for me De Niro and who's the other guy everybody loves Pacino neither one of them just I just hate both oh really well, come on <laughs> we're gonna get mail now but you love Christopher Walken. <laughs> Especially a young Christopher Walken. He's kind of annoying too. And um, uh, John Ca- John John Cazale is in it as well. The guy who was in uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and of course Meryl Streep. Man, come on, you love Meryl Streep. That makes it more enticing. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, eventually, one day it'll be on TV, and I'll get a chance to watch it. It's just one of those movies that has kind of fallen through the cracks for me, and I've just never okay. seen it. All right. Fair enough. Maybe one one day. Okay. Anyway, on on with our um, people yep. who've died. Yeah, sorry about that uh, slippery slope, man. No. Shit. Oh, that's that that's what we do here, man. Well, that's true. Um, did you <laughs> did you read this story about like apparently Boston, the band Boston, was doing shows on a cruise ship? Oh yeah. Go ahead. And their drummer died on the cruise ship. Oh my I'm god! Like, Jesus yes. Christ. That's crazy. Talk about a downer. You're out to sea on a cruise ship. Uh, the rest of the Boston shows for the cruise have been canceled because uh-huh. the drummer's dead. Now, now, did I did I imagine this or did I read this that he actually died while performing? I believe he did. Wow. I believe he was he was on stage and died. Yeah, God. yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, man. it's just weird. You know, on, on some level, it's like, wow, well, you know, he died doing what he loved, right? Music, performing. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, it he, was, he it was on a cruise ship, but, well, you know. Well, he you know. Drummed, <laughs> drummed his little heart out, man. <laughs> oh, yes. Quite. <laughs> almost, almost literally. Oh, oh, no wonder no one listens to the show. <laughs> Down in. Robert De Niro and Al Pacino in Boston laughing about their drummer dying on no. stage. I'm a terrible person. I'm a horrible person. I, no, uh, I, I think we're we're not laughing about him dying. We're just laughing about the circumstances of that. It just seems it's kind odd, of odd and weird. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I assume you know he was that he was drumming for Boston that they were doing a show shows on a cruise ship, but yes. there's all these rock and roll cruises that go around now. There's a lot of them out there, right? And um, so you know, I don't know if I, you wouldn't think Boston had fallen that low, but maybe they have. What to doing cruise ships? The cruise ship. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a captive audience for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is true. For for, um, for good or bad, I, mean, I don't know which. Hmm. I mean, you know, there they'd be a big there. They would be a big draw for a rock cruise. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the demo, know? the demographic for people who would do a cruise is right there in that age age yeah. range. You know, so that, I think that's right. Yeah. You know, obviously, it, it had to be a pretty good gig for them to be doing it. Uh, you know, because you, you have to be able to, if it's used as an attractor. For people to take a cruise, you know, take a Boston cruise, see your favorite band from 
you know, 1978 or whatever. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, take a Boston cruise, see your favorite band from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be too. <laughs> that too. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> uh, the only other person the, that I recognized of note mm-hmm. was um, Dar- Darlene Cates, who played the mom on Gilbert Grape. And I swear, I thought right. she died a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I I don't I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything else other than that movie. I'm sure she probably right. had a few parts after that. But not that I had ever seen. So anyway. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I said, I, I swear I read somewhere two or three years ago that she had died. But, uh, you mm. know, who knows? She was kind of in the uh, in the Abe Vigoda land where, you know, people are, are proclaiming that that he had died, you know, multiple times before his actual death. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems believable, mm-hmm. um, but you just never know. I'm actually Wikipediaing her right now okay. to see if they list her. Yeah, Wikipedia okay. lists her death as March 26, 2017. So, okay, interesting. So, right. must have been, must have been. So, anyway, those are those are our people who've died. Died. <laughs> Wait a minute before we stop. <laughs> I want to do a callback oh. to. Um, oh. We were talking about oh, okay. Bill Paxton the Go other ahead. week, right? We were talking about Bill right, Paxton the right. other week who had died, obviously. Uh, I don't know how I ran across this, but you know Bill Paxton, like in the early 80s, had a band called Martini Ranch and collaborated. Oh, that's a horrible name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. But anyway, but he collaborated with a lot of famous people back then, like... Uh, he collaborated with Devo, and or at least three members of Devo, Mark Mothersbaugh and like... What did he do with the Devo dudes? They performed on some of his albums and maybe even wrote some of the uh, some of the songs for some of his albums. And But I thought it was interesting, mm. I mean, because this was probably just right after he had done... Was it Weird Science? That, in the 80s? Uh-huh. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, right after he had done Weird Science, he, he started this um, strange band. Yeah, it says, Martini Ranch was a new wave band conceived in 1982 by Andrew Todd Rosenthal. The band was... Comp- Composed of Rosenthal and actor Bill Paxton and, and featured a similar sound to late 80s Devo. The Martini Ranch track, How Can the Laboring Man Find Time for Self-Culture, featured three members of Devo. So that's interesting. In 1989, Martini Ranch was featured in the end credits of Bill Paxton's 1990 cult movie Brain Dead. I, I don't think I ever... Hmm. Did you ever see the movie Brain I've Dead? I've never, even heard, never no. even heard of it. Okay, so hmm, whatever. Interesting. So yeah, it was like uh, the album that I mentioned, How Can the Laboring Man Find Time for Self-Culture, was produced and engineered by Devo keyboardist and rhythm guitarist Bob Casal and also featured drummer Alan Myers and singer Mark Mothersbaugh on keyboards. So hmm. it was some, also some, and he also collaborated with Cindy Wilson of the B-52s. Uh, actor, even actor Judge Reinhold is credited as the whistler on the song Ranch. Oh, and it also says Mark Mothersbaugh and Bud Court donated their voices to the infomercial satire fat burning formula. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, since we're it in the sound, <laughs> sounds just awful. 
<laughs> yeah. Just just because I randomly ran across that, and since you know we had mentioned Bill Paxton, I thought I'd throw that in there into our uh, in kind of a retro version of uh, all the people who died. <laughs> it's a, died. It's a callback in, in all the people who died. It is. So anyway. Okay. All right. We're done with this segment. Okay. Cue music. Cue music. Hey, what? What's a? See, I, you know, the the next segment that we I have on my list is stuff we've done in Austin over the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't I don't know if we have a song we can use for that. I don't think we can have any kind of theme music we can use for that. For what? For talking about things that happen in Austin. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'll find something. There's no song that says Austin in it, is there? Oh, sure. There's got to be. Bound to be. Let, S- somewhere. Let me know when you find one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It might be from a local band that I have to scare up. You never know. Yeah. I just can't think of any, even from my local bands that I know. Hmm. Yeah. Songs about Austin. It's the yeah. live music capital of the world. It's a it's a great place for music, but I don't I don't remember a single song that's actually written about the city of Austin. <laughs> I think there's a Willie Nelson song that mentions Austin, though I can't think of it at the very mo- at this very moment. But uh, I, hmm. I know it exists. I'm, yeah. Very, very. I'm sure there's something out there somewhat obscure. We'll have to. Right. Anyway. Uh, now comes the segment in the show where we talk about shit that we did in Austin over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Maybe cue music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's what we did. Here's what we did. <laughs> ah, well, the... the um, Austin, we've seen Austin, ch- Austin, 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 Austin. <laughs> That's all I got. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was me beating on a coffee cup with my ring. <laughs> Saying, oh, wow. And then sounded yeah. way better than that. It sounded like some kind of little keyboard tricky thing. I don't know. Yes, that's exactly what it was. I had a synthesizer right here. <laughs> just <laughs> I kind of like it. It's like Austin, 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 Austin. Yeah, okay. We can, well, we that's can, what we'll do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> Here, I got a, I got another one for you. You'll love it. Uh, let me find it. Here it comes. I had some stuff I recorded. From where? Um, just from this stupid little app that does uh, uh, music for you. Okay, here we go. Put it in later. Here we go. Oh, okay. Austin, Austin. It's too slow. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, how about this one? Austin, Austin. Okay, what? Oh, that's... like the song you should play uh, when we talk about when we went to the dentist last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, well. All right, anyway. I'll just edit that out. Well, uh, we've, <laughs> sure, why not? We've, we've... <laughs> okay, I'm done. Shut up! Shut up! Can you just, like, maybe bang your phone against something hard? No. <laughs> yeah. There, there it ended. Where's my oh, hammer? Okay, there it is. <laughs> Where's my yeah. hammer? Okay. If I had a hammer, I'd beat the shit out of your phone. Um, so, <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, we've seen two great bands 
this actually really three, but but with two great shows we went to over the last couple weeks. Oh, absolutely. The, the first, of course, we went to the Austin City Limits uh, Moody Theater and saw Brian Ferry. Yes, we did. We put on an amazing fucking show. Yes. So great. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had an opening act. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You didn't. You didn't like his opening act very much. I did not care for the opening act. <laughs> the opening act was a a singer songwriter woman whose name escapes right. me right now. It's probably for the best Judith, because we're about to rip her. Okay, go ahead. Judith. Oh, I wrote it down so Uh-oh. I can remember. Judith. Judith Owen. She looked and sounded like Minnie Driver, and if you can imagine a, a singer-songwriter girl who looks and sounds like Minnie Driver, you can understand how annoying that fucking must be. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, oh, I, hated, oh. I hated her from the minute she got on stage. The first thing she did was, I'm, I, wrote, I'm, I wrote a song. I like to write songs about things that I see. And I wrote this song that, uh, about a girl I saw on the street. <laughs> There's a girl on the street. <laughs> Like, oh my god. I knew I knew you were gonna remember that. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't forget that, man. I wrote yeah. Yeah. I wrote it down, but even if I hadn't written it down, I couldn't have forgotten that. She was just awful. and you know, she played a couple songs that I actually kind of liked. Oh, I know. But she would have like this mm-hmm. this minute and a half where she'd talk before every song. And yeah. I was just like, oh my god, if you just shut up and play the music, a couple of the songs weren't half bad, mm-hmm. but a couple of them were really, really bad. Like the first <laughs> song was really awful. Yeah. And, um, well, you know, she's big she, in the London suburbs. <laughs> I'm sure she is. I um. I wrote, uh, it, she was very uh, hackneyed and lame and wow. sounded like someone clo- someone cloned Carol King and things went horribly wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Because I'm uh, an asshole. I'm just an asshole. I can't help it. Yeah. I mean, it was an unusual choice for an opening act for Brian Ferry, but... They obvi- obviously so they, they must be friends or something, and he was he was helping a girl out. Maybe so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was I was just unimpressed, and um, and then she starts to introduce her band, and there's this old guy with a white beard playing with her, playing bass, right. and, and she introduces him as Leland Sklar, and Leland Sklar is a famous bassist and session musician who's played with people like Jackson Brown and Warren Zevon and wow and the e- I think he's played with the Eagles and just a bunch of different people and I'm like how did how did this girl get this guy to go on stage this guy who's been <laughs> wow. around forever to go on yeah. stage with her I well, don't know hmm. I, I was just surprised I don't know I, I guess she she had the Brian Ferry hookup I guess so maybe you so know, you know you so you pal around with famous people, you get some of those perks. I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe so. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. Brian hooked her up with Leland Sklar. I don't know. I mm-hmm. was just like, wow, I can't believe that's Leland Sklar. Well, maybe playing with this, mm-hmm. this goofy chick. <laughs> maybe, maybe Leland Sklar is her uncle. You never know. Probably, yeah. Or she's <laughs> maybe, maybe she's 
paying him well or something. I don't know. Yeah, could be. I'm having real issues here. I'm sorry. What kind of and issues? And so then, uh, <clears throat> with my computer, it's just doing weird stuff. I think the, the all my wires are getting kind of tangled up, and hmm. my mouse is tangled in other things, and. All my tubes and wires have all nuts. Is, is that is that Thomas Dolby? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> then Brian Ferry came on stage and fucking uh, just did an amazing show. Wow. If you wanted so to good. have a retrospective of Roxy Music and Brian Ferry's solo career, then that's what you got in that show. That was amazing. It was really great because he came out, and I, I'm not even sure what the first song he did was, and mm-hmm. th- and then he did, and then he did "Slave to Love," yeah. and then he did s- some songs that that weren't as familiar to me, and I thought, oh, this is going to be the deep cuts show. This is going to be the show for the fans where he plays the obscure songs uh-huh. off off his albums and stuff you know mm-hmm. and um and like he had t- it was i accounted and including brian ferry there were 10 people on stage he had 10 music or nine musicians playing with him and then uh and back we well, yeah including the backup singers and a sax a girl saxophonist who was amazing yes and um and then he he um so he he did seven or eight songs maybe more and then they did a cover of neil young's like a hurricane which was amazing mm-hmm. and I looked because I don't I didn't remember ever seeing that on a Brian Ferry album or a Roxy album. And Hmm. there is a live album where they do it, but uh, where they do a cover of it. But there's no studio version of them doing like a hurricane. Hmm. Okay. Um, So I listened to one of the uh, there was a version of it on YouTube that was that was really great. Uh, It's such an Hmm. it's such a distinctive Neil Young song that to hear someone else do it is really interesting. And I think he does it in a really interesting way. Um, I was like, I just found it fascinating and interesting and and unique for him of all songs for him to cover. That was a really interesting one. So, yeah. And then there was this great moment. After that song, where uh, six people from the band kind of walked off, and and you realized it was the older guys who were up there that walked off, and it, it just left the, a keyboardist, I think a keyboardist, the saxophone girl, the younger guy playing guitar, and I can't remember who the fourth person was. Maybe it was the, I don't think it was the drummer. Hmm. Because they did an, they did an instrumental song that was really great, and and it was like, ah. Oh, while all the old people go off stage and take a break and go to the bathroom, the four young kids in the band stayed on stage. <laughs> they don't need a bathroom break. They just stayed right. on stage and kept playing and had their own little moment. Yeah, they and got to really shine. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they got a chance to do their own thing and show off, and and right. they're they're great musicians. So it was they certainly deserved it, and the audience loved it. And right. um and Brian Brian got to take a little break and go pee or whatever he needs <laughs> right? to do. <laughs> and then uh, and then he came back and fucking played nothing just about nothing but the hits he played so many songs that you recognized in every dream home a heartbreak and every dream home a heartache mm-hmm. um remake remodel avalon more than this love is the drug they did virginia plain yes uh oh and i love he that did, song uh, he did jealous guy mm-hmm but 
And so it was like just an amazing second half where it was just one song after another that you recognized. Wow. And I was like, oh, it's, it's not the deep, deep cuts Mm-mm. show after all. It's just he's he's nah. fucking doing a little bit of everything and saving the best for last. And and um, the second half of the show, I mean, no. The first half was great, but the second half was amazing. Just, just uh, you know, you don't go to see Brian Ferry at I think he's like almost seventy years old, and expect Bound to continue playing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know? I I don't and, remember seeing you writing down the set list as it was going along, but uh, well done on that. <laughs> I uh, I did write it down as it went along because I didn't want to forget. No, that's great. I, was, I mean, it's I adding. I was so surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love, I mean, so many songs. Oh, we did If There Is Something. And um, what's the other song? Oh, Remake, Remodel. You know, it's just like, wow, these are, know. you know, so many great songs. Right. I, yeah, I was amazed at the number of, you know, actual Roxy Music songs that he did. And that uh, yeah. really added a lot. Because some of yeah, those are, yeah. are, are very, uh, you know, electronic songs you know i was like well how how are they gonna do that and well you know hey if you got a synthesizer you can do anything yeah yeah well with and, that, with a nine-piece band well that's true yeah true. nine-piece band and and, uh, and a great uh, keyboardist synthesizer player and then so. i know we were watching them and he introduced the band and i think you heard him say phil manzara manzanera phil manzanera uh-huh phil manzanera and i uh and then i thought he said pointing to the guitarist chris spedding and uh, uh-huh. so I so I googled some stuff online, and yes, indeed, it was Phil Manzanera and Chris Spedding. I don't know if wow. Chris Spedding is like a a famous guitarist from England who played on a lot of '70s records and even had a couple solo records. I'm sure he's played guitar on Eno's on some Eno stuff, and and probably on some Roxy Music or Brian Ferry stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it was just uh, it was just amazing to to see Chris Spedding, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I had to Google it and look at some pictures online to make sure that it, that's who it really was. And it is. Okay. Cause I thought Chris, Chris Spedding might've died too, but no, he's still around and still kicking rocked out. Yeah. Rocked yeah. out, man. And, uh, it- it was cool to see Phil Manzanera because he, well, he well, he was one of the original members of Roxy Music, wasn't he? I believe so. Yeah, and yeah. he's definitely played with with Fripp and Eno and other people too. He's right. He's one of those guys that's part of that sphere of musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of pl- played on those records. It's surprising that like Phil Manzanera and Chris Spedding never played on a Bowie record, and maybe they have, and I'm just forgetting it. I don't remember Chris Spedding. Uh, playing on any Bowie records, but he's played uh, on a ton of stuff. I think it has, has uh, something to do with the feud between Brian Ferry and Bowie. No, I don't think there's... Well, that may very well be. I, I don't know if there legitimately was a feud, but I think they were kind of competing egos. Yeah. Definitely, oh, definitely. Around that definitely. time. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, reading a uh, review of uh, Hero, the song Heroes on... Uh, I think it was in... I have a book called... Uh, what's that book? Bowie on Record or something like that. What is that book called? Anyway, the guys uh, talking about it, start talking about the song Heroes, and they're like, it's the song that uh, that Brian Ferry would have hocked his eye teeth to have recorded. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and boy, like, yeah, what a, what teeth he has! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's definitely like a song I'd I'd love to hear Brian Ferry cover it because it would be amazing. Yeah, but uh, I don't well, I don't think we'll. 
hear that, but you never know. Well, you know, Bowie's not doing it anymore, so, you know, somebody's got to do it. That would be nice. Right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I I happened across when I was on, online looking at to see if that was really Chris Spedding and Phil Manzanero was yeah. uh, apparent, apparently Brian Ferry has some uh, – has four or five sons. Of course, they're all adults from and from two or three different wives. He's been married three or wow. four times, I think. Mm-hmm. And one of one of his sons is a hunting enthusiast. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> and a conservative, and has has and actually, I think he went to prison or something for something oh, he did. Maybe, uh-huh. Maybe hunting on some land where he wasn't supposed to hunt or something. I don't know. Okay. It's crazy shit. And I'm well, like, and Brian Ferry's kind of stood mm-hmm. up for him. And I'm like, I know it's your son, dude, but you, your son, <laughs> I don't know the whole story, though. Well, I but, mean, it just seems mm-hmm. being an like en- he's a nut. Yeah, but being an English conservative is quite different from being an American conservative. Well, yeah, yeah. Now you make me right. want to look that up and read <laughs> read all about it. Yeah, it's funny. I can't remember what his son's name is now. I want to say it's Otis, but I could be wrong. Otis, I can't remember. Come on. But he, yeah. Well, and then he, um, I think it is, but I could be wrong. And then he's got. Wow. I think one of his other sons is a musician who's mm-hmm. who's played with him a couple times and different things. But yeah, I ended up reading a lot of interesting stuff about him that I didn't know. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely a, a a deep cut of information. Yeah, and I think I saw I think all, you know, Wikipedia is my big go-to. I think that was on the Wikipedia page for yeah. for Brian Ferry. Well, thank you Wikipedia so, for providing us useful information for this show. Wikipedia is the greatest fucking thing ever, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I love Wikipedia. Right. I mean, not only does it have great information and just on almost anything you can think of. You can look up the most bland. You can look up like butter on Wikipedia, <laughs> and there'll be a whole fucking page about the history of butter and how it's made and modern processes for making it and how it's made differently in different places and what butter in America tastes like compared to butter in your. I mean, there, you know, and it's just like it's like an encyclopedia only better, and it has right. everything. And you can go in there and edit stuff and and mm-hmm. put other stuff in there. And, you know, right. I was about to add that. I mean, I think the reason it's so good is because it's a collaborative effort. You know, it's crowdsourced. You know, it's not just just not one little small group of people compiling information. It's like people from all around the world. So how wouldn't you end up with just a a huge dearth of information on every conceivable topic? Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really, mm-hmm. you know, I am, um, I am, um, there's a, there's a Sean Cassidy album that he made in 1980 wow. uh, called, uh, called Wasp. Right. It was produced by Todd Rundgren and it's like oh. a new wave album. Mm-hmm. And, um, the Wikipedia page for it just had a couple of things on there. It was there was hardly anything on there at all. Maybe maybe that Rungren produced it and it came out in '80 and it was on Warner Brothers. I think that may have all, been all that it said. Wow. So I fucking whipped out my copy and put the track list on there and nice. and so like if you go on the Sean Cassidy Wasp Wikipedia page, some <laughs> of that stuff is stuff I put on there, man, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great that you you know you actually contributed to it yeah every once yeah. in a while i'll yeah i'll be watching them like usually if i'm sitting here watching a movie on on dvd or on turner classic movies mm-hmm. uh, 
by the end of the movie, I've usually pulled up the page to either see who one of the actors is or, you know, or just something about it that piques my interest, you know, or, I'll, you know, I'll be like, oh, is that really, you know, uh, I don't know, Clive Owen. Oh, God, yes, that is Clive Owen. I, you know, mm-hmm. it's just just, you know, and I just love that. I love it's so cool. And then sometimes I'll know something that I am like, oh, my God, they don't have that. This person was married to this person at one point. I'm mm. going to put that in there. <laughs> no, that's great. Now, I'm kind of curious of what the process is of, of, of vetting the information that people post, because I'm sure, you know, and it happens that sometimes people post false things. Well, there's there's some pages are protected. Some pages like you can't really get on Justin Bieber's page and do anything because well, people have gotten on there and done, done so much shitty stuff. Right. You know, to be assholes mm-hmm. that they've just closed. They've just closed it to where you can I think you can suggest edits or whatever, but they're not yeah. going to let you go in there and edit it. Okay. And then some people some people sign up and become users mm-hmm. and so when you go in there and edit something it shows who you are and that you edited it well and th- then, that's true so there is some culpability for people who well, are, are the, trying to contribute right. you have to register first of all so well you don't have to because i don't but when you don't oh. register it uses mm-hmm. your ip address so and oh. your ip address is listed right there so okay. so you know, if they, I think if they found someone using the same IP address was doing stuff that was right. they were having to fix, eventually they would block they you. Would, um, mm-hmm. Block you, yeah. Okay. There was something I did one time. I can't even remember what it was now that I put somewhere, and then and then <clears throat> I looked at it uh, like a few minutes later, and it was gone. And there was some note from someone in there who was because they have people who are responsible for certain pages and check to see what people have done every sometimes i don't know every day i don't know how often they do it and Uh, um this person had taken down what i wrote i can't remember what it was now something you know not anything too important and i can't even remember the reason and then if i looked in the history it it showed you the reason they gave for why they removed it mm -hmm. Um, and i was like and it was something that i was like oh that's not right but uh, you know Whatever. Anyway, slid down the slope into Wikipedia. (laughs) Wow, we sure did. (laughs) But yeah, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due uh, when it comes to you know information that we gather. So why not? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just think it's yeah. I think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, The other show we saw. Uh huh. Are you ready to move on, or did you have more? No, let's move on. Sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And. Of this taping, it was last night that we saw this show. Yeah, which was uh, and, oh, psychedelic furs. Oh, I mean, uh, and and Robin Hitchcock. Right. I, I, you know, you th- you go, you only go see a few shows every year. You know, this year we're mm-hmm. going to see quite a few. But yeah, uh, a whole you know, lot. I thought I, after. After the Brian Ferry show, I thought, oh, we're going to see the Psychedelic Furs and the B-52s, and that'll be fun. But the Brian mm-hmm. Ferry show, it's going to, you know, that's going to be the highlight of the year. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Psychedelic Furs show was so amazing. Oh, my God. So great. That kicked so much oh. ass. And we were we were going to get there, you know, right before the Psychedelic Furs came on stage. But then on, we saw that, you know, it was Robin Hitchcock was the opening act. And I've heard his name, you know, many times over the years and, and never yeah, seen him too. perform ever. Never knew a whole bunch about him. And uh, so I said, you know, we should get there early so that we can see the opening act, Robin Hitchcock. You know, because I know I'll probably regret it if we don't see Robin Hitchcock one time in our lives. 
And yeah, you know what a great choice it was to show up and I, see well, Robin Hitchcock perform the opening act. Yeah, yeah, because I thought you know the it's on on the, it was the at Emos here in Austin, which is just down the street from my house. Yeah, and it said Doors at seven, and I thought Doors at seven. Hitchcock's probably going to play at um, eight, and then mm-hmm. the Furs will come on at nine. And I was yeah. like, "Oh, we'll get we can get there around eight thirty. That'll be cool. We don't have to see Robin Hitchcock." And then <laughs> I texted you about what time you wanted to meet, uh-huh. and you said, "You know, I, well, let's let's meet at at uh, seven, and and I want to see Robin Hitchcock." And I'm like, "Okay, right. If Mark wa- if Mark wants to see him, that's cool. I don't mind. And boy, am I glad you wanted to see him because mm-hmm. his set was amazing. So much fun. Oh yeah. Dude comes out with just him and an acoustic guitar. Exactly. And you know, anytime you see an opening act for a band and it's just a guy with an acoustic guitar it's like eh, okay i mean i've seen queller you know do mm-hmm. just a, a set where he just comes out and plays some songs with yeah. an acoustic guitar and i love i love ben queller and so it's certainly i don't mind that at all but it's not as much fun as seeing him with a full band mm-hmm. you know playing and and burning the house down but so when hit robin hitch came, came out with the acoustic guitar i'm like okay well this you know that's fine and then uh, he and he did his first song and his first song was good and then he did a song called i don't know what it was called but it was about my wife and my dead wife yes which is one of the greatest <laughs> fucking songs i've ever heard the oh lyrics are amazing yeah his musical stylings are just a very almost dark comedy at least a couple yeah. of the songs were definitely that yeah yeah and you don't get that kind of mix in songs very often. That kind Mm-mm. of it, it was it was heartfelt and kind of there was definitely something going on. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a comedy song, although it was funny. It was. But it was also kind of heart heartfelt and melancholy and right. not everything. <laughs> no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, what's so interesting about him is that you know he has history with the psychedelic furs. I think he mentioned that he had. Opened for them back in 1980, and I think maybe that was the last time he had ever performed with them before. So, I mean, he's got history. So, and he's been around forever. I, you know, he's been around forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, one of his songs I've heard of, and I don't know. You know, again, I don't know much about him, but mm-hmm. he did a song called "Madonna of the Wasps," which yes. I think is one of his more famous songs. I think so. And that so. was great. And and then he would talk between the songs and and it was hilarious. He had he had oh. this kind of running gag about Dennis the sound guy helping <laughs> exactly. him to sound better and stuff. Right. It was just one of those things I've never seen anyone come out with just an acoustic guitar, one person, mm-hmm. and hold an audience's attention. You could have heard a pin drop in there. People were loving it. Yeah. It was amazing. I think at one point he was like, Dennis, can you make my guitar sound like a 12 string or something <laughs> yeah. like that and other things it was like, it was a, yeah and then it just kept getting more complex as the mm-hmm. you went along can you okay i'm gonna count down from five to one in the middle of this song and i want you to make my guitar sound like a train and then have it go around and around and right it's like make it, it just, make it make it sound like i'm playing in a in a large concert hall, and <laughs> yes, yeah, and then make this, oh. and at the end, make the sound swirl, yeah. So yeah, make the sound swirl, yeah. Right. Uh, just, just one of the greatest opening acts I've ever seen. Yeah. So I, I, had, I had written down this little note about Robin Hitchcock. I said Robin Hitchcock sounds like Donovan and Herman's Hermits filtered through an audio funhouse mirror. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because indeed because he, he has he's English 
and he has that you know, he has a very nice sounding voice it's very sweet sounding and and has that british you know 60s pop sound when he wants to you know and right so it it was almost yeah it was almost like his set was kind of a <laughs> a musical history in and of itself yeah you, know, you, you it hear just... so much and so many influences and styles and and the way he performs and, but but at the same time a very unique performer i i can't remember the last time i heard a musician like him so i i understand right. why he has such a a, a a cult following but yeah he's he's got it all i mean it was i mean first off he's talented he's got a, he's got oh, a yeah. good voice it's not the be- he's not like a singer that, that that's the, his voice is his big draw he's nah, yeah. you know he's but he's got a nice voice and mm-hmm. he's and his, his, hilarious and and interesting lyrics and plays guitar really well and it was just everything you want in an opening act man mm-hmm. <laughs> i was just blown away it was so impressive Right. Um, and 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 I think the cool thing about it too was it was completely different from what the first did. You know, the first came out as a full band. Oh yeah. And and just rocked and um you know so it was a great kind of appetizer for the main course. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it it definitely got us going. And and once the first came out, yeah, we were raring to go. And the yeah. fir- the first did not disappoint oh my god i oh uh, i felt i felt we were in the early 80s because of the the amount of energy that was on stage uh, i i couldn't believe yeah you know i you know i've kind of followed the furs on facebook and they've posted photos oh, and okay. you know richard richard butler has got to be i mean he's i think he's older than us he may be in his late 50s um and yeah, you know he he still looks really great. I mean, he he does oh, yeah. look you know like he's not a young man anymore, but he still looks fucking amazing. And oh yeah, uh, and didn't stop. Put on a hell of a show where they just played for about an hour, hour and a half, mm-hmm. and they didn't stop. Oh, and, not um, at all. And, and in but in between songs, uh, Richard Butler was he would be jumping up and down. He was so full of energy, and and <laughs> yeah. smiling. Oh my God! After every song and the applause, and he would just get this giant grin on his face. I mean, it, like yeah. he was truly enjoying <laughs> what was going on. It wasn't like yeah. an old band just trotting out the old hits, you know, drudging through it. They right. were as energetic as they had ever been. Right. And it transferred it to that, the crowd. I mean, it just totally energy just diffused throughout the room. It was amazing. It, yeah, it wasn't that thing that bands do when they come through. You guys are great. We love you. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. any of that shit. He, they just played their songs. And yes, you're absolutely right. After every song, he'd have this huge smile. And yeah. Just and you felt you felt like, oh my god, you know, he he's loves how much we're into them. Mm-hmm. And it just it just kind of made that kind of close circuit loop that just kept feeding itself that yeah. movie strip that just kept right. feeding itself exactly and uh and it it was and it was just great and by the end of the show you were just oh man i you know i hurt today at work i was hurting all <laughs> over because we oh i we know danced and fidgeted around and jumped up and down and yelled and scream i'm surprised i could even talk today because <laughs> we were yelling and screaming absolutely and, mm-hmm 
and the crowd just lo- you're right the crowd loved it there was no mm-hmm. you didn't see anybody kind of looking unhappy or just like they were hanging around everyone oh. was totally into it absolutely and and it's so and, great and and the crowd was so diverse i mean there were you know there were young people you know college students and maybe younger and you know people older than us were there it was so diverse yeah of a it was crowd. a great yeah. crowd yeah there was a lot of younger people there and and mm-hmm. uh, and all age you know don't have to be that young to be younger than us but well you that's know, there were true people in their 30s and 20s there and some college students and mm-hmm. and it was funny because there were a couple girls in front of us right and i noticed that when the song when the songs came on that i didn't really know that well which are the songs from the later albums yeah they were totally into it and when the songs <laughs> funny? from yeah. the early yeah when the songs from the early albums came on of course those were the ones that i love and right. so uh, you know but it was funny because i was like oh man these girls they like the newer songs which mm-hmm. aren't that new but you know there's a couple yeah. albums from no- the 90s yes uh, and when they would play songs from that they just went crazy and loved it and knew all the words right <laughs> it was cool except for pretty in pink which everybody in the room knew Everybody knows that and love my way and the ghost in you. Right. Um, oh, dude, I, uh, on Facebook today, one of my friends, I posted some pictures from the show and one of my friends said, uh, how was it? And I was like, it was awesome. And then I, I posted it. Was, it they played Dumb Waiters was the first song. That's yeah. how fucking awesome it was. Right. I mean, to come out and start with Dumb Waiters, I was in heaven, man. That's yeah. that really is my favorite uh p first song and when they came out and did that i'm like oh this show is going to be great and then they <laughs> just didn't dis- they right. didn't disappoint after that they did yeah. um I, I made a list today i went through my my p first songs on my computer and uh-huh. was like writing down the ones i remembered they did they did mr jones yeah. heaven the ghost in you love mm-hmm. my way pretty in pink uh heartbeat no tears uh, all that money wants and then the encore was President, President Gas. Gas, yeah, <laughs> which I predicted, which is right, which is great, which is you know, it's very mm-hmm. fitting. Even though that song's old, it's very fitting nowadays. Oh and, yeah, uh, exactly. And, and uh, then of course their last last song, Heartbreak Beat, which was mm-hmm. you know. You know, I remember like when that song came out, by that point, people were like, oh, the Peefers are kind of getting too commercial and all this stuff. I don't yeah. care who you are. I don't care what your friends say. Heartbreak Beat is a fucking amazing pop song. It's a great pop song. Agreed. You need to rent a convertible, put that <laughs> CD in, or, or yes. use your Bluetooth to play Heartbreak Beat and just drive down the road with the top down and play that song over and over for a half hour and wow. you'll never want to. Yeah, that's all you'll want to hear for the rest of your life. <laughs> that sounds that sounds wonderful. Speaking of yeah, convertibles, it, does. Uh, it sounds yeah. like fun. Yeah, that, that's what you need. That that's the, your your next car, man. Oh sure, yeah, a, yeah. Convertible. They're not a, blasting the, the psychedelic a... furs on the on your Bluetooth. Oh, <laughs> that would be so amazing. Uh, there's a heartbreak awesome. beat. And oh, um, that song's just great. Yeah, it is great. We need to mention that it wasn't just. You know, sometimes when revivals of old bands come around, it's only like one member of the original band, like you know the, the lead singer with with the, a completely new backing band. Well, there were still some of the original musicians uh, part of the band. I mean, uh, including Tim Butler, Richard Butler's brother, who right. was who was on bass, right. who was 
hamming it up on stage with his bass. I mean, loving it. <laughs> yeah, he was loving it. Having the time of his life, man. Still living yeah. his rock star dreams. That was so yeah. great. Another thing that just got you into the show. He was having so much fun mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, enjoying playing music that it was infectious, you know. Right. And the, the whole band. Yeah, even though he was not miked in any way, he was still singing along. Playing his bass and so and, awesome. and staring pretty girls down in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he was he was working it, man. He was working it. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what you do when you're a rock star, man. That's the whole reason you're there. It okay. Was, it was uh, he is awesome. I don't know who mm. the guitarist was that was over on the same side of the stage that yeah. we were on. Yeah, he was much um, younger than the rest, so I don't know if he was a session musician or somebody who started. You know, touring with them when they rebooted their career in 2000 or whenever they did that. Yeah, but, but he but he wasn't that young. I mean, he was, you know, he wasn't much younger than that. He wasn't 20. He, no, but he, but he was at least a decade or two younger than uh, than the Butler brothers. Yeah, he was great, and um, mm-hmm. he was he, good. Um, he and he he seemed to also really have a great time just playing guitar up there and just getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, he he would close his eyes and play guitar, and I'm like, this guy's forty, and he looks so dreamy, just closing <laughs> his eyes and playing guitar. Right, I was like it, it was so great. And then their saxophonist was amazing. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, his, um, his name know. his name is Mars Williams, and he's been around right. the block and has played with a lot of large acts over the decades so yeah yeah i recognize that name absolutely mm-hmm. yeah he's he was terrific so, it would you know the show wouldn't have so been that's... the same without him i mean because the, the the saxophone in psychedelic furs music is necessary you can hardly think of any very big psychedelic furs that song that doesn't have the saxophone in it i know there right, are some absolutely, but you know. yeah mm-hmm. and and uh he i think he's i know they had a saxophone player on their early albums and i i think it was mars williams but i could be wrong i can't remember oh no it was it was yeah. somebody else yeah there was somebody else originally but uh, at some point in time he yeah he picked up the reins for some reason or another he's played yeah, and he's played with other bands, and I recognize his name. I can't remember who he's played with now, mm-hmm. um, but I've heard his name for a long time, and I, I recognize that name. So, yeah, great yeah. show. Yeah, that was a if great you get show. A chance, if you get a chance to see the Peefers, take that chance, man. It's, you're not taking a chance at all. You're, you're oh, no. going to see a great, great show. Yeah, you're going to walk away extremely happy. And if you get to catch Robin Hitchcock as an opening act, well, even better. Even even better, man. That's yeah. yeah. I'm so glad we went. That was a that was yeah. I really enjoyed that and that's one of the best shows I've seen for a while and I just I uh we rocked out and had a good time. It was right. really fun. So Yeah. <laughs> I felt good today that I actually got up and went to work and didn't hurt too bad just just enough. Right. And uh <laughs> same here. <laughs> Of course, yeah. I I didn't get as trashed as I used to get when I would go see bands play. Well, so had, but, we had a couple mm, drinks, but I didn't. Yeah, we didn't get crazy trashed or anything. Well, plus we had, we had eaten right before we went to the show, so yeah, we were. That does help. That's we were true. Good. Yeah, we went to. As a general rule, I don't like going out on weeknights and staying out late. Of course, we didn't really stay out that late. I mean, the show was over by eleven o'clock, so it uh, right. It worked very well in 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 the schedules. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. the same. I you know I you know me I I was like if it's on a weeknight I really don't want to do it. But mm-hmm. to see this you know last and and it was funny too because. 
I, I bought us the tickets to the Brian Ferry show because that was the first show that I saw announced. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I'd really like to see him. It's a Wednesday night, but it's at ACL Moody Theater where there's seats. Yeah. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be draining. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be standing up for four hours. And then, like, a week later after I bought those seats the peefers tickets came on sale and i was like damn it <laughs> and but now, you know because if the peefers had come on sale first i probably would have bought them and then said well brian mm-hmm. ferry i'll do that another time or something wow and so yeah. I, i'm i'm glad it all worked out the way it did because mm-hmm. it's been an exceptional exceptional week of great shows here in town oh gosh yes yeah and and we're we're going tomorrow night to see mark maron Yes, yes, we're going to go to the Paramount Theater, the downtown you can edit Austin. This part out. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to edit this part just... out. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to the Mark Marin show at the Paramount. We're doing a lot yeah, of things. So we'll be... Doing a lot of things we together. Are. Yeah. We are. I am. Um, uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about the Mark Marin show on the next podcast, of course. Indeed, and, we um, will. Yes. You know, uh, I, I talked to Sierra today because today um, tickets for um, Diana Ross went on sale. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I would go see Diana Ross, but she didn't seem to be too interested. So we, we decided not to do it. Yeah, she kind of, well, she kind of pinged me about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, it was like, yeah, on some level, yeah, it'd be fun to see Diana Ross, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's it's not exactly something on my bucket list kind of thing. Right. I mean, well, that's kind of what it was for me. I was like, I don't think you're going to get much many other chances to see her. <laughs> so, right. Well, I that's true. I, that's true. I, I, I still may go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Maybe. I kind of decided after the uh, Brian Ferry show too that it's like I don't. You know, we sat in the very back row. We we definitely had cheap seats. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, you know, I'd rather pay more and be down front. I mean, when you sit in the cheap seats, yeah. You not o- you know not only are you paying a cheap price, but so is everybody who sits near you. So all the crazy people are there. <laughs> all, uh, during well, during a I lot guess. of the Brian Ferry show, the two mm-hmm. people next to me kind of talk to each other at times. Oh, really? Some of the slower. S- more quiet songs yeah uh, and i was just like yeah you know that's what you get when you pay 60 dollars right time i'm gonna pay 100 bucks and be closer so <laughs> yeah and i think that's i think sierra had mentioned that the diana ross tickets were like 100 bucks or so and i was like yeah mm. for, for balcony yeah yeah and i was like man that's it, that's yeah. a little that's a little heavy it's for it's someone pricey, that I'm yeah. not not heavily motivated to see, so well, yeah. And after she said something about it uh, about not going, I was like, you know, you know, I only really know two or three of her songs. I mean, I, I yeah. you know, I'm sure she probably does some Supreme songs and different things, but sure, um, you know, I don't I don't know all of her songs, and yeah. it would just be I'm just like, yeah, there's probably gonna be a lot of gay guys there. I should. Go. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> Well, I I had texted back to Sierra after she had mentioned it to me, and I said, "Well, maybe Elijah ought to see if his nephew wants to go to it or something." And I was like, eh, "He's so young, he probably does has no touchstone to Diana Ross." So, yeah, I don't know if he would be interested. I'm sure he knows he's heard of her, but I don't know if he would be that interested in seeing a show. And it's in a right. weird date too. It's like July 6th, so it's two days after July 4th. Mm-hmm. And July 4th is on a Tuesday this year. So, oh. like, at my work, I'll have to go to work Monday and then have Tuesday off. 
uh-huh. and then go back to work Wednesday. And I was like, eh, that's kind of a weird day to have a show July 6th. It's right. It's it's it'll just be after you just worn yourself out on a holiday. And, <laughs> right. You know, nursing a sunburn or so, something. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't I, I probably will not go. But. It, okay. It's uh, it's interesting that she's touring. I think that's kind of yeah. cool. I love the ACL venue too. Yes. So easy. That's so a great the venue. The seats are easy. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just big enough. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's kind of the perfect size. It and, is. Um, and seating is easy. And and if you if you go see a show like the like the uh, Brian Ferry show down mm-hmm. on the floor, they had seats set up. It wasn't a a floors. Oh, you know, it wasn't general a standing admission. room. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like when I saw Troy Savon there, the floor, of course, was all standing room for all the kids that wanted to yeah, huddle by the stage. Huddle or, or dance but, uh, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Be right there at the stage. And so. Sure. So, you know, I get anyway, that. I, I, you know, that's the other thing that made me think, oh, Diana Ross at the ACL. Well, that would be cool. It's certainly mm-hmm. cooler than Frank Irwin or some oh, yeah. huge stadium. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the. So I still may go. I don't know. I'll think yeah. about it. I think the days of the, uh, the huge stadium type concerts are over. People just don't don't like those anymore. You know, the the more intimate right. uh, setting venues are certainly more popular. Of course, ticket prices are a lot higher because of that. But I think it's probably right. worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. But you know, there's so many bands. It's just like I I like seeing Ben Queller, but if I can see Queller at a place. Where you can sit down, it's kind of fun because mm-hmm. you know it's it's it, they aren't shoving around, having to get there early so you can be close to the stage and all that crap. It yeah. just makes it easier. Um, but I, I've certainly seen him at places where it's just general admission and and that's okay too. But yeah. there are certain bands w- when they do shows like Brian Ferry, that's a show you want in a place where you can sit down and just listen. You know, it's, he's a per, you know he's going to mm-hmm. do some slow songs and. And you don't want to be just kind of standing there on the floor, swaying back and forth while he's doing in every in every yeah. game of heartache. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I get it. So sure. While he's doing "Slave to Love," "Slave to Love," <laughs> and you're swaying back and Everybody's forth. Everybody's swaying so. back and forth together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Much better to be just kind of sitting down. You know. Uh, yeah. So definitely agreed. One other thing I wanted to talk about while we're mm-hmm. talking about stuff in Austin, I talked. We, yeah. I'd mentioned this last night when we were hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, I am just depressed at how horrible Austin radio is. I mean, there's there's a couple of stations that play um, odd music, uh-huh. um, for lack of a better term. You know, KUTX and and yeah. um, what's the one that's at ninety one point seven or co-op KVXR. Oh, co-op, yeah, isn't yeah, that is co-op, yeah, co-op. Yeah, you know they're fun, but sometimes they'll have sure. something on, and you're like, mm-hmm, I don't know, you know. Sometimes in the morning they'll play a classical song, and I'm like, it's fucking drive time in the morning. Why are you playing a fucking classical song? <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, and it's, so yeah. there, there's only really two or three shows in the morning mm-hmm. that are like uh, DJs uh, that are like. I, I don't want to say zoo morning zoos, but you know right. where it's a where it's a morning show, right? Yeah. And, and there's Jason and Deb on 101X, and then there's yeah. Alex and I don't know who the fuck the other people are on uh-huh. one of the other stations in, here in town. Okay. And then there's Dale Dudley on on uh, KLBJ. And, <laughs> 
Who's and, been there forever. Right, 30 years. 30 yeah. years this motherfucker's been on the air here. And then he has some. He has two guys on the show with him. One's mm-hmm. name is it's Dudley and Bob, and then the other one's name. Yeah, oh, Bob. God, what is the other guy's name? Bob Fonseca is still his sidekick. Mm-hmm. They're celebrating oh. 25 years this year. Oh, okay. And, um, hmm. and, and Matt. Matt, I don't even know what Matt's last name is. I listened yeah. to that show for about two months before I realized that Matt and Bob Fonseca were two different people. They sound exactly alike <laughs> on the air. It's ridiculous. There's no distinction between the two of them. They're two, they, and, of course, Dale, Dale Dudley doesn't give them any opportunity to be distinct because mm-hmm. he's just a fucking steamroller on uh, the air. Okay. Yeah, I haven't listened to Dale Dudley in over 10 years. I mean, I, well, I stopped listening to KLBJ, you know, when they switched over to being kind of an oldies rock only station so that's right. probably more than 10 years ago and uh yeah know. i was surprised i was listening listening today on the way home and they played two really kind of mediocre 80s songs that i wouldn't call rock songs they played talking heads burning down the house and what was the other one i can't remember now but i was like this is not what you expect to hear on a rock station uh-huh. uh, not that i don't like like those songs it's just i do you know but, uh, I, I do like those songs, but I don't want to sure. hear. I don't expect to hear them on a station that plays ACDC and Led Zeppelin and and all the stuff they play. Right. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I like ACDC and Led Zeppelin. But, you know, at some point in time, you got to expand your musical horizons and listen to uh, right. new music and a station that only plays classic rock it's just i don't know it just seems like a dead end to me there's this new station that i've told you about here that's called the bat and it's like 105.3 and it has real it's a radio station that exists to play high school sports games and then during the rest of the time so sometimes you tune in on a friday afternoon and they've got a baseball game a high school baseball game on um Hmm. but yeah. The rest of the time they play rock and they play it like they play and they play the same songs over and over. Like I've heard smoke on the water on there three times in the last two weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, which, I, <laughs> you know, the first time I was like smoke on the water. I haven't heard this song for a long time. Right. And then the second time I'm like, really? And then the third time I'm like, no, I'm turn I'm turning the station. Well, that's, anyway. that's my big beef with classic rock stations. I mean, they have decades of thousands of artists that they could you know, potentially choose from, and yet all they're doing is playing the same program songs that they play in a rotation, and it's like, wow, what a wasted opportunity. But you know, I don't know how well, the it, I don't know how the record, I mean, the radio business works. But you know, it, well, there needs to be a new it, paradigm. Radio isn't about music; it's about commercials, of course. That's well, what it's about. And so I know you, 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 radio stations play the popular songs. And the familiar songs because people that's what people listen to people who and we're yeah. lucky in Austin, in Austin uh-huh. it's not as bad as other places and there's a few radio stations that play esoteric music mm-hmm. and uh, way more than you have in any other city in Austin we've got at least two if not three right and um, and in other cities you're lucky if you have one um, true so I mean so I, it's not so bad. Yeah, I mean, I like KGSR, I like K- KUTX, I like Co-op. Um, you know, I, right. I I listen to Jason and Deb in the morning because they're funny and interesting, and uh, the station that they, you know, 101X plays new popular alternative music. So uh, let's, see, that's yeah, that's uh-huh. my problem is I like them too. They're okay. I mean, they're okay. I don't love them, but uh, they're okay. Mm-hmm. But 
I'll listen to them and then they'll play a song and I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear a song. I want to hear people talk in the morning. Oh, that's true. And so I'll, I'll switch over to Dudley and Bob for a while, Oh, uh, which my commute okay. is only 20 minutes. So it's not like I listen for a long time anyway. Right. But, um, the reason I brought all of this up was I was listening a couple mornings ago mm-hmm. and Dell Dudley had, had the promotions guy on uh-huh. for, for who's the, the KLBJ promotions director or, or assistant promotions director Yeah, and just went off on him on the air, berating him and belittling him and yelling and screaming at him. He threw his mm-hmm. headphones at him and I was just like, <laughs> really? What the fuck? is this that's this crazy is not radio <laughs> it was ridiculous it was like listening to an old fart have a fucking mental breakdown on the air wow and I was like this is not good radio how does this guy keep his fucking job it okay. was horrible and it, it was horrifying and to listen to the 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 promotions director guy who sounded very young probably in his early 20s uh-huh. try and have a have a conversation with him and and also express his point of view to just be steamrolled and well, and not listened to and yelled at and mm-hmm. and treated like shit. Wow! I was like, now what is this? Now was were were they trying to make it into like uh you know a bit or or some kind of a shtick or well or, he does or it all this... the time he does oh, it okay. he does it with the kids like they have a producer named uh, uh, oh what's his fucking name? Daniel and there's a girl that's on there named Carissa and they're obviously younger and yeah and probably probably getting paid minimum wage but um, <laughs> and he'll yell and scream at them about hmm. shit on the air. Yeah. Because he doesn't turn off his mic. I mean, the thing I like about the show is they don't play any records. It's all talking. So, he, you know, they do the show. Oh, okay. It's almost like they're doing the show live on the air. Mm-hmm. And they'll even talk about, do you want to do the commercials now? Do you want to do them later? You've got to read this commercial. You know, it's like uh-huh. they, they, they're like, talking about all that stuff on the air. Yeah, there's no off uh, microphone stuff mm-hmm. going on. It's all on microphone. Good, bad, right, or indifferent. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. But he just he throws these temper tantrums, and he sounds uh-huh. like a complete asshole. And I can't yeah. figure out if he thinks it's funny, or thinks it's great radio, or thinks it's a bit, or his shtick, or his thing. But mm-hmm. it's fucking awful. It's just horrible to listen to. Well, and it's just like this is not entertainment. This yeah. is not what radio is supposed to be. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just like uh, uh and there's been a couple days here and there where he's been out sick or on vacation where the other guys do the show. Yeah. Way more it, it's it's much more demure and it's not as engaging, but uh, at least uh. it's way it's it's much more listenable, hmm. I think, to listen to them talk than so, to to hear him rant. So it almost sounds like it's not a radio show anymore. It's like just a live podcast or something. It's almost what it is, yeah. Uh-huh. Except they do a podcast too. Oh, where apparently they cut, where they, apparently they don't censor themselves and they cuss and everything. But well, of course, it's it, it, it's just like um, I don't know. I think he thinks it's funny or amusing or interesting, and it's not. Uh-huh. It's horrifying and awful, and he sounds like someone who should be fired. And yeah. uh, you know, I well, don't know. And may, you I think know, that's a shtick, and it's a horrible shtick. Right. Well, there may be, you know, he may, you know, he's been around for so many years, he may think that he's got, you know, listeners who have been following him all these years and are just like him, and so he's just pandering to them, whoever whoever them is. Oh, yeah, you I know. Mean, on some level, you got to hand it to him for having that much staying power on radio, but sometimes you wonder how, why. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it is it is, you know, radio like television is the lowest common denominator medium. You know, mm, uh, in okay. Houston for years, they had these guys named Stevens and Pruitt on the rock radio station in the morning. Yeah, I recall they, them. K- mm-hmm. KLOL. Yeah. And they were there for at least 15 years, maybe longer. And uh-huh. every fucking Friday they did housewife fantasies and every fucking Friday, every housewife's fantasy was was doing another girl lesbian sex with another woman every friday hours of this four hours of it every friday morning <laughs> are you kidding me wow sounds kind of repetitive to me and yeah well that's exactly what it was but you old they hat the phones and women women yeah. would call in and that's what it was and it's hmm. that's just you know that's what one of those things that most straight guy rock listening adult age group wants to hear uh-huh yeah. You know. Well, you've heard of drive time. That's spank time, apparently. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I I just I just I listened to it for a while, and then I realized, oh my god, it's the same thing every Friday morning. It's yeah. chicks calling in, older housewife age chicks calling in, talking about the 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 one woman that they would do if they had the chance. Oh, uh, okay. It's just awful. Just awful. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like and know, what was so- sounds like something that would be titillating in the '90s, but now is just like yawn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and that was the thing too. They would open the phones, and women would call in, and it was always, you know, it it wasn't necessarily that they steered the show that way. It was the women that called in for housewife fantasies. That was always their fantasy. Oh, okay. You know. Every hmm. once in a while, you'd get a random, you know, I'd like to do the husband at the movie theater or something, you know, something okay. a little different. But 99% of the time, it was, there's this one girl that if I had a chance, I would do. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was, and that's our segment, our slippery slope segment about uh, Austin. Austin, <laughs> Austin. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't remember how the theme song went, so. <laughs> I don't need, uh, it was something like this. Austin, Austin. Austin, 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 Austin podcast. Austin, Austin. Okay. All right, man. Feel the Austin power. Feel, feel the Austin. It's palpable. (laughs) Oh, my God. Time's flying. We haven't gotten to. I have nine movies and nine TV shows I want to talk about. Okay. Well, let's do all of them. Okay. We're just going to be an eight hour podcast. Yes. So So we'll, we'll, we'll be able to finish editing it by May. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it'll be up in May. Um, I think for sure the two shows that I thought were fucking – well, actually, there's only one show that I thought was fucking amazing this week, and that was um, uh, Bates Motel. Yes, Bates Motel. Bates Motel It's been amazing. Epic. Yeah, I mean, the last few episodes have been great, but this last one is – it's been – it's – Everything that we we've been waiting for. 
everything right it is it was and then they turned it on its fucking ear man they turned it around in a way that no one saw coming i mean i think that's that's the gene i had to think about Mm -hmm. it after it after the episode ended i was like did did i like what they just did or or did i not (laughs) and i thought one thing for sure was i didn't see that coming i did not see it coming that was an amazing and, uh, twist because we were like, surely they're going to get to the point where the original movie starts. But right, where Marion nope. Crane walks into the Bates Motel. Uh-huh. And well, they did get there, but we then did. after they got there, and you know, Mar- Marion Bates comes and checks into the hotel, and then and then it goes, and then Norman is start has all this inner conflict. Kind of, he's kind of starting to figure out who he is and what the fuck's going on with him. Right. And I thought it was so, just so well done where he talks to, you know, he tries to reason with his mother who's in his mind mm-hmm. and he tries everything he can think of to, to stop it, yeah. to make it stop, but he's just too psycho, no pun intended, to, <laughs> to stop it. He's, he's just, you know, he's right. incapable of stopping it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's so twisted. Right. He, I mean, but he's self-aware in his twistedness. And he's talking to her and say, you're not real. You're not there. But but because this is all in his head, I mean, he's also talking himself out of it at the same time. Right. <laughs> so, right. The minute he, the minute he uh, said... <laughs> <laughs> the minute he says to her, I, you're not here, he, he's acknowledged that she's there. <laughs> exactly. And in it's, fact, it's in, in, yeah, and ends up trashing the kitchen by himself as, well, you know. As we, Norma. We, we see Norma yeah. trashing the kitchen, but, you know, by the end of the scene, you know, when she's hugging him and he finally accepts her as being real, you know, he's just standing there in this trashed kitchen that he is trashed, you know, just kind of leaning yeah, as if as if embracing someone, but no one is there. Obviously, right? And right. It was like, yeah. wow. Okay, it's yeah. He's he's completely <laughs> given in, lost his mind. Right. Well, and then and we should say spoiler alert, spoiler alerts here. Although if you're yeah. not keeping up with the show, shame on you. Because <laughs> exactly, uh, big. Spo- Big spoiler alerts. You know, then he goes back into the room and talks to Marion Crane, and you think, and we're played mm-hmm. by Rihanna, and yep. you think, okay, here's here's where she dies, and uh, and she takes a shower, and you're like, wait, he didn't go in and kill her when she was in the shower. What the fuck's going on? Right. And um, you <laughs> exactly. know, and he pretty much convinces her to leave, and she mm-hmm. leaves, and you're just like. What is she, and you know what's going to happen? And then yeah. you're just kind of sitting there, going, "How are they going to get her back to that hotel so <laughs> he can kill her? How you know right? how is this going to work out?" Mm-hmm. And um, and then you hear a car pull up, and you're like, "Ah, she's back. They they made her come back. Uh-huh. She's changed her mind and come back or something." And no, it's not her. Nope. <laughs> nope. It is. Uh, it is Sam Loomis. Mm-hmm. And um, then they just turn the whole shower scene on its head, man. Oh yeah, so and so so brilliant in its own way, right? And and the ultimate homage to the original film almost became oh, yeah. shot by shot. You know, with after almost s- yeah, after Sam gets stabbed, you know, he grabs a shower curtain and you know pulls it down the rings, you know, and then he f- falls face down onto the bathroom floor. You know, with his eyes open, turned to the side with his nose, you know, bent by the linoleum floor. I mean, almost 
at some point it was completely that, shot by shot. Yeah, it's completely homage, a complete homage to the original, uh-huh. just with a man instead of a female. Right. Which and the whole conversation beforehand, where Norma talks Norma Norma talks Norman into killing him because he's a bad man like his dad. Yes. Which pretty much leads you to believe that Norman really did kill his dad. Mm-hmm. And um and just just like completely takes what you expect and blows it up and then puts it back together in a way that's even better i just thought i mean yeah you know it could have been real easy to just oh let's do it but we'll have mm-hmm. him kill a, a man instead and but but they it was so well written and it was so you, you just you know you believed his delusion and you you know and he yeah. had perfect re you know he had reasoned himself into killing sam loomis mm-hmm. and um you know and it was it, it was totally believable that he would do that right well, and, and it was so good. Yeah, and and by them uh, them doing that instead of him just killing Marion Crane as in the movie, you you still maintain the Norman as, as somewhat of a sympathetic character. If he had, if Norman had actually killed Marion, you would have probably just lost all sympathy for Norman as a, as a human being, a troubled human being. Right. You true. know. But yeah, that's uh, a good point. By him killing Sam Loomis, you know he's he's almost kind of doing the world a favor because Sam Loomis was an asshole. <laughs> it's kind of a creep, anyway. Yeah, I mean he yeah, vict- he's vict- really because he victimized his wife. He victimized Marion Crane because Marion had no idea that he was married, and you know so both of these women were victimized by um, Sam Loomis. So you know it, it it was almost a poetic justice that that. Norman ended up killing him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was really it was amazing, too, that there was so much in that episode that was an homage to the original, including where he makes her a ham sandwich and they go back in the back room and talk. And, yeah, you know, it was the way they did it was it was so mm-hmm. well done and so interesting. And uh, to me, as a fan of the original movie, uh, certainly I wasn't. uh uh, uh, it didn't bother me that they changed it. I thought they played, right. paid homage to it perfectly while mm-hmm. while totally revamping it for the the new millennium. Yeah, they and, um, they gave us the twist that we we certainly did not expect. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the, what the made it thing, charming. Mm-hmm. It, right, made it different and unique. Right, and and still captivating and and jaw dropping. Um, <laughs> yes. The only other thing I was thinking about was when she when he tells Marion Crane that Sam Loomis is married and she doesn't believe it, but he gives her the address and she drives over there uh-huh. and then she sees through the window that he's arguing with his wife and is married and right. she gets her tire iron. Oh my god! And and wow. tears up his car. And you know that song? Is it by? Is it? It's by one of the. I think it's by one of the girls who won American Idol or something. Where it's like uh-huh. you know. She, she takes the it's about a girl who finds out her boyfriend is cheating and she takes and beats the shit out of his car mm-hmm. you know that song i can't remember who it is yeah, is it yeah, kelly yeah. Un- carrie underwood um maybe or, or the like other chick she, kelly pickler or no anyway where yeah. she talks about she t- she took once done dun, and one headlight and blah 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 and i call it the, the reason i bring it up is I, uh, I think that song is so funny because it's like supposed to be a female empowerment song and it's really about this crazy woman <laughs> who goes and beats the shit out of her cheap right? boyfriend's car yeah. so i 
I call it the crazy I call it the crazy bitch song because it really <laughs> is. A, and you know, women women love that fucking song. And I'm like, right, girls, this is a crazy bitch song. This is, <laughs> it's not a this song does not celebrate female empowerment. This song is right. about vandalizing a guy's car. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, that's hilarious. When she's out there beating us. When she's out there beating up his car, I was like, oh, my God, she's crazy bitch in his car. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And and she played that scene so well. I mean, wow, she was oh, whacking the hell out oh, of yeah. those windows. So she was. That was, that, was, that was the best acting she could have ever done. Uh, oh, yeah. She was great. I thought she did a great job. You know, some people were all upset that yeah. she was going to be in it. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's a she does a freaking amazing job. Oh, yeah. And she did the She did the nude scene so well, too. She was very volupt- <laughs> voluptuous in her underwear. And sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you um, could see why you could see why Freddie Highmore was beaten off hardcore. <laughs> right. As he was as he was peeking through the, the strategically placed uh, drilled hole through the wall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another wow. homage to the original. Yeah. Um, as well. So. Oh, was was the singer Kelly Clarkson who did the song that you were mentioning earlier? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson. I, I said that. I can't remember. I thought I said that. I can't remember said, what that song is called. Yeah. I just I just call it the crazy bitch song. <laughs> yeah, I think mainly, you, I think you you had mentioned Carrie Underwood and Kelly Pickler. I don't think you had mentioned uh, Kelly Clarkson, but anyway, Kelly Clarkson. You're yeah. right. Yeah, so, I I always get them mixed up. Well, that's easy to do. All the Kellys, <laughs> right? All the Kellys and Carries. Carries. I didn't watch. And, yeah. I didn't watch most of American Idol. I only watched a couple of seasons. Same and here. So. So I I don't know who those people are from being on American Idol. I just know, you know, seeing them on other shows and and yeah. certain songs they did. Yeah, I think Kelly Clarkson was she like the the very first winner of American Idol, and that's probably I don't know if she's the first. I, I think that's only the reason I remember her. Yeah. Maybe she was. I don't know. She does that song "Since You've Been Gone" that I really like. I really like that song. Since yeah. you've been gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great song. Yeah, I like um, that too. But the crazy. I, I don't care for the crazy bitch song. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of that one song, uh, Earl, by um, the Dixie Chicks. Did that song called Earl, and it was about you know, mur- you know, a woman murdering her husband. <laughs> And it was, oh, it was, I've never heard that. It was a female empowerment song. Of course, you know, in the story, he was an abusive husband. But, you know, is murder really the answer to your troubles? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> is that really something we should be celebrating? Isn't that something we should kind of work to overcome and, yeah. and to give women options to well, where they don't get to that point? <laughs> right. Well, the beauty of it is in the, a- in the music video, Dennis Franz plays the uh, the abusive husband. So it's a, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, I'm with you there. Yeah. To, to see to see Wits get killed might be <laughs> might, might be a rewarding experience. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm well, with you. I'm with you on that. I think that's the only way that song worked is to have a you know a, a very recognizable television asshole play the role of the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can see that. I mean, certainly typecasting. Certainly. Or, yes, typecasting. Um, p- mm-hmm. Pigeonholing and typecasting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Is there any other shows? I mean, I you know, I watched Walking Dead. I didn't think it was particularly great. Um, um did anything really happen? Uh, well, they got they got their guns. They got the guns they, they wanted the guns. from uh, Oceanside. So that's We watched Negan fuck around with Sasha. That's true. Sasha. Right. Sasha. And then uh and so the one thing we found out that was interesting, well, two things. One was Mhm. It, it it does appear that Eugene has fully bought into the Negan psyche or whatever you want to call it the right or the savior the savior psyche. Yeah, as far as we can tell, that's true. Yeah, I mean he's you know he was trying to convince Sasha to uh, come to the dark side multiple times while yeah. she was incarcerated. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, I mean that's then he gives it, gives that, her the pill. Oh yeah, he did. So I mean, it's not like he's completely devoid of wanting to help, but he just won't go the full distance to help. No, well, she was trying to play him to get a knife or or something. Well, and he brought her the pill, that, and she was like, "Damn." Oh, that's true. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily that she wanted to kill herself per se. Yeah, she just needed a weapon. No, I, she needed a weapon. I that's think it. She was, yeah, mm-hmm. she was playing him to try and get a knife or or some sort of weapon she could use to kill Negan. Yeah. And then uh, at the end of the episode, Rick comes back to to Alexandria, and there's Dwight. Oh yeah. At great risk to himself, Dwight <laughs> shows up because Daryl right, yeah. Daryl wanted to tear his his skull right out of out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but, it's interesting. Uh, I thought that's interesting to see. Well, to to see what will happen with Dwight. Um, mm-hmm. that, that could be a real interesting twist. So that yeah. was kind of cool. Well, he's that he's, it ended there. Yeah, because he's a definitely he's definitely a highly motivated person to have on your side now because of all the abuse that Daryl has uh, received from Negan. So you know he's probably a you know the uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend situation. So it's right. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, how that works out. Right. So, Plus, yeah. once again, not 100% sure that Dwight isn't trying to play them and still, you know, it just seems unlikely well, that Dwight, Dwight isn't being sincere and is on a mission for Negan, but you never know. Yeah, I think since his wife, you know, disappeared or left, I think that changed him in a lot of ways, you know. Remember she escaped uh, oh, yeah, the Savior Compound, yeah. and, you know, he went looking for her and never found her and uh, left her a box of jelly babies or something? No, I don't know what he... No, I, I made that part up. Some, some, uh, <laughs> now I forgot, of course. It was beer and pretzels or something, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was. And uh, he, yeah. Fa- yeah, he found her cigarettes that still had some lipstick on one of the cigarettes, and he smoked it. And I think that's when he made his decision to leave, but... Anyway, that's backstory at this point. I, yeah, so this past episode of Walking Dead is just kind of a a building episode, you know, of the the, the coming right, yeah. the coming war. So, wasn't a right. ho- whole lot of action other than at the you know ocean side, but that was that was more anticlimactic than anticlimactic than climactic. So. Um, right. Or, I think, well, they've already said that there's not going to be a cliffhanger. I mm-hmm. don't think they'll get to the war. You know, I think the, yeah. the season will end. You know, this next episode is the last one, and it's 90 minutes. Wow. And I think it will end with them on their way to 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 go to Negan and find Negan and mm-hmm. as an army. To You know, I think it yeah. will be them taking the steps to start the war, and, and that's where it will end, and we'll have to wait until next uh-huh. season to find out 
where the war, when the war starts. Yeah, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was thinking that, you know, probably by the end of the season, you know, the the war had already happened and, you know, Negan was in their custody. As he was in the comic book, I think they captured him or something and caged him and somehow... Uh I don't know. Mm. I've, I've just heard rumors. Yeah, I, don't, I don't read. I don't read about the comic book because I don't want to know. I yeah. don't either. I think it was um, a, it was one of my coworkers who is reading the comics and has been kind of dropping spoilers here and there. But they're you know they're not necessarily really spoilers if if the show isn't closely following the comic book. I mean, right, which, which yeah. it isn't necessarily, I mean, even though they. Carl. They weave in and out of each other. Right. Carl yeah. still has his arm, so, you know. <laughs> well, that's true. That's that's one saving grace. And then, as if Chris Hardwick doesn't have enough exposure, he's going to have another talk show on AMC mm-hmm. that's just going to be called Talking with Chris Hardwick. Oh, really? That is going to be uh, – yeah, it's, it's – so, like, on – Let's see. The next episode of Walking Dead is on April 2nd, mm-hmm. and that'll be the last one, and they'll do a Talking Dead after that. And then on April 9th, he starts a show on AMC called Talking with Chris Hardwick, is where I'm just, assuming he's going to talk about— Is it just going to be him interviewing people, like a typical chat well, show? Yeah, that's what I wonder. I wonder if it's hmm. going to be that, or will he be talking about other AMC shows, or— huh. Just what will it be? Um, or, or maybe so, just kind of a, a video version of his Nerdist podcast? Possibly, yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I was wondering, too. Yeah. It may just then, of course, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah. um, I was just like, Jesus, dude, how many shows do you need? Really? <laughs> Come on. There are, there, are starving, there are starving MCs out there. Yeah. But you know what? Nobody does it better than Hardwick, at least as I mean, far as uh, after shows. You know, that's a fact. It's true. I mean, if you're going to have an after show, he's the guy you want. We, uh, it's, it's sad. Bates tried to have an after show. Uh, it was horrible. It was cringeworthy. Yes. Mr. Robot has tried to have an after show and it's horrible. Uh-huh. Um, no one, no one can do it. Like, and so maybe, maybe that's what Hardwick will do. We'll just. Um, Mm-hmm. He'll whore himself out to other TV shows to talk about. I don't well, that's know. true. Yeah, the uh, uh, Orphan Black had has an after show, and it's horrible. The people the, the one of the guys tries to be a Hardwick clone, and he's horrible. <laughs> and then they have a girl <laughs> who's horrible. So you know, it's just it's it's hard to do an after show. Obviously, you know. It, it, well, yeah, obviously Hardwick because is, no one has been able to do one. Yeah, I mean, Hardwick is the king of the after show because he really, truly likes what he's talking about, you know? And right, right. He, he definitely— He's, he's a fanboy. He's a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and that may, I think I just, that makes at least 50% of the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you've yeah. got to have someone— I mean, and I think that's—you know, it's tough, too, because I think the, some of the other after shows have tried to put someone who's a fan of the show in the driver's seat of the talk show, and it just— yeah. it just doesn't work i don't know why Mm -hmm. other people have such a hard time with it um because on a certain degree on the ones i've seen the the bates motel and the well i don't know about the bates motel when it was horrible uh they yeah i think they've tried it a couple times and both times it was awful yeah i I remember (laughs) the guy who did the mr robot after show you could tell was a big fan of the show okay it wasn't horrible but it wasn't great it wasn't good either Mm. it was 
you know, it was just kind of there and mm-hmm. it was better than some of the others. But okay. Mr. Robot is such an interesting and dark and weird show that you would think an after show would be really cool. Yeah. But I don't know. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, have you ever have you watched the online This Is Us after show? No, I, I, I haven't just either. Don't, yeah, I, I don't. It just doesn't appeal to me. Right. If if they did an after show that was right after the show, you know, it might be worthwhile. But having yeah. having to go online, you know, to do it, I'm I'm sure they make it quite easy. But I don't know. It's just like it's kind of like the it's the, oh. the the it's kind of like the Walking Dead simulcast that they do. You know, the what do they call it? Right. The, yeah. the dual experience or whatever. I I don't do that. Yeah. I just watch the damn I've show. I've tried it a couple. Uh-huh. I've tried it a couple times and it takes you out of the fucking show. So, right. It's you know, distracting. And yeah, and I've done it a couple times on the Talking Dead version of the show and that's a little mm-hmm. better cuz it's just a talk show, but but usually when I'm watching Talking Dead, I'm, you know, doing a few other things and just kind of listening to it like yeah. like a podcast. Okay. Um you don't ever I mean, do you don't ever do the quiz. Else. You ever you never do the Talking Dead quiz. Every once in a while, but very rarely. Oh, okay. And, that's yeah. That's the other thing with the the. Uh, I I realize now why I don't do the This Is Us one. It's because after mm-hmm. uh, after This Is Us yeah. on some Tuesday nights, I think it's um, uh, Chris Lee knows best is on, and so oh I'm well, over to that. Uh, speaking of yeah. guilty pleasures, yeah, because that's my guilty pleasure, man. <laughs> that, you know that's my guilty pleasure. Yeah, I love that show. Mm-hmm. I watched it. I hadn't watched it for a couple of weeks. I'd actually missed it, and um. And so I watched it this week. I actually had the chance to watch it. And um, it's I don't know why I I just can't I can't tell you why I like it. I can't tell you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just as stupid as any other show out there that's (laughs) like that. Yeah. You know, it's certainly and it's certainly fake as fake can be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if someone wanted to sit there and pick it apart, I would agree with everything they said about it. It, Yeah. It makes me happy and it makes me laugh. Okay. And I. I I like the people. I like the, the Chrisleys. I like Todd. He's fun. I mean, he mm-hmm. says some funny shit sometimes. He has some one-liners that are truly funny. Yeah. And the, mo- the well, mom yeah, seems but, super nice, and and you know. But based upon that criteria, Lodger, you could have your own reality show. Well, I you, could because you have some great one-liners well, I mean, sometimes. I have a podcast. Um, but well, there you go. Thanks to you. <laughs> but um, but you know, I just and I, unlike, I think he's funny. Yeah, and unlike Chrisley, you're openly gay. <laughs> <laughs> I and I see. I think sometimes I think that's part of what's interesting about him is he's like he just you never know what he's gonna say, and he's mm. he's, he's you know he, he'll he'll say some funny things and some picky things on the kids and stuff, but yeah. he's not mean-spirited or heartless or an asshole i yeah. mean he's just kind of funny mm-hmm. i don't know i it's i love that show so yeah that's why yeah. i don't do that this is us after show is because i'm usually watching chrisley or, okay. or it seems like there's something else other times of the year there's something else on tuesday nights i can't remember what but right uh at nine o'clock but yeah my guilty pleasure show is a reality show also and that is uh it's terrible it's called gold rush Oh my God! I, we'll talk about it some other time. I know we got other things to talk about. We'll do, we'll do a full blown um, guilty pleasures episode at one point in time. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I. You know. I don't. I don't know that I have many others. Chris Lee is it? Well, there is a. Co- I don't know. Uh, okay. I have another anyway. one, it, which is kind of a reality show too. It's called Survivor Man. So anyway. Oh. Yeah, we we'll have to do a whole show dedicated to guilty pleasures sometime, or a mini episode, or something. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. But I know we got lots of other things to cover. We're already at the two-hour mark right here. So (laughs) yeah, I don't. Is there anything else in particular you wanted to talk about? Um, No, other than maybe the the latest episode of Riverdale that we watched. Well, we can do that and do as our last thing. But um, sure, unless you have something uh, else that's really burning a hole in your bonnet. You know, I I wanna I I will take a second to um to hype the Fosters again. They had a great episode this past week. You know, there's a girl uh, who's like the main young character on the Fosters, and she's yeah. been dating this boy, and they've kind of grown apart. Hmm. And while she while she's been dating this boy, she met another boy who's actually a transgendered boy. He was a girl now is, is a, is a boy and whose name is Aaron. The character's name is Aaron. Hmm. And in this latest, so she broke up with her other boyfriend. And on this latest episode, she went home with hair with Aaron to go home and meet, see his family for his dad's birthday. And the family kind of begrudgingly accepts him as transgendered. Uh And, um, so she kind of stuck up and I was like, she stuck up for him to the family and kind of yelled at the family for, for treating him bad. And, and he got mad at her for doing that. Oh, um, and I okay. realized hmm. one one of this character, one of this character's thing, her name is Callie. The character's name is Callie. One uh-huh. of her things is she, she's one of those kids that just try, wants to do the right thing and help people so badly that she ends up messing it up for herself and sometimes for other people too and uh-huh. like she's going through all these other things where she's kind of in trouble and might go to jail for some stuff but anyway the the cool thing was she's she's made friends with this transgendered boy and then of course at the end of the episode they had a kiss and i was like wow that uh-huh. you know uh, to for Callie to kiss a boy who is a transgendered boy, mm-hmm. you know, another one of those things that really hasn't been done on TV much. Yeah, I mean, and, um, it sounds like the Fosters is are, are pushing the the boundaries at every turn. They, I think they do, and it's it's awesome the uh-huh. what they do on that show. You know, it's 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 one of those shows too where I'm like, man, I know it's hard when you're a parent to sit down with your kids and watch a TV show, but mm-hmm. this is the perfect TV show for for liberal, open-minded parents to watch with their uh-huh. kids, teenagers, to get um, open conversations started about uh, yes, you know yeah. modern issues. Yeah, because if, I mean, another thing that happened on this last episode, not to go on, I'm sorry, but another thing that <laughs> happened okay. was they have a, there's a, uh, there's a character that's a boy who's about 16 who had a, a traumatic brain injury. Hmm. And so he's lost some memory and he's, he's been, you know, he's going through all this physical therapy to recover. He, he accidentally shot himself in the brain with a fucking nail gun. Oh, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. So, so he so Not he that went uncommon. through all this yeah 
Right. Yeah. So he went through all he's you know going through physical therapy, going through all kinds of therapy, speech therapy at a hard time, still has a hard time talking sometimes. Mm-hmm. The actor who plays his character is really great, too. Anyway, mm-hmm. he he went to his mom's because, you know, it's a lesbian couple that have adopted these kids. He went to his mom's and and asked any 16. The character is 16. And he asked his mom's if he could have sex, not asking their permission, but asking, is it physically possible for me to have sex without hurting myself because I'm because he's going through all this traumatic physical therapy and all these things to oh, get better. And I okay. was I was like, hmm. that's an amazing plot point for a boy to go to his parents and be like, not can I have sex with your permission, but can I have sex because I had a accident right. and I need to know is it physically can I do possible? This or- mm-hmm. Right. Would it hurt me? And, you know, of course, the moms took that question seriously and talked to his doctors and and basically told him, had to tell him, you can. We don't you know, we don't really think you should, but you can. (laughs) And, you know, you just have to be careful and and talk to him and his girlfriend and basically said, you know, you should be on the bottom. And I mean, it was just like, wow, Wow. got into the mechanics of it. Jeez. Okay. Right. Right. And because, you know. Did they say, and the endorphins are good for your brain? (laughs) Well, and they might be. Who knows? Um, But but, of course. Just really interesting plot points go on on that show like that. The only thing I wanted to mention was the the person Uh, who plays the transgendered male character, Aaron, on the show. I I was trying to find some info about him online, Mm -hmm. and he really is a transgendered person. He is really a, a... uh, he was a girl and now he's uh, transitioned into a male and he's really a nice looking guy. I mean, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, when people transition, you can see the, you can see the femininity. You know, I, I know that's kind yeah. of cruddy, but, you no, know, uh, I mean, sometimes I mean, just, it, you know, during that during the transition, I mean, that's just a natural part of it, you know, it, you know. right. I mean, you know, you know, and look at Chaz Bono when he fi- first started transitioning and just say hey, this. That's a girl dressing like a guy, but now Chaz Bono looks like 100% male, you know? That's true, yeah, yeah. And that's what's – this This character, uh, the actor's name is um, Elliot Fletcher, mm-hmm. and his parents are, are in the in the business somehow. Um, but he, he transitioned – I think he's like 19 or 20, and he transitioned um, in the last few years of high school. I think he started the process. Yeah. But um, – I mean, it's he's one of those folks who he's very handsome and cute and and you know I don't know if he he never said it if anyone would even really you know I had to look and make sure it was a really a transgendered person because uh-huh. if if you just met this this actor person on the street I don't think you'd have any question you you know it wouldn't occur to you right um, well that's the way we, that's the way it should be these things, yeah. Every time you talk about these things, it sounds politically incorrect, and I don't mean it that way. I just thought it was really interesting that this show not only had a transgendered character, but they went and hired a transgendered boy to play the role. Yeah. And and he's and he's a great actor and mm-hmm. you know attractive and fun and cute and so when Callie kisses him you you want her to kiss him because they're a really cute couple and they really genuinely care about each other. So okay, anyway. all right. That was my that was my Foster's minute that went on for five minutes. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, it's okay. I, I I can cut it down to one minute if you like. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. edit that out. Yeah, that, 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 that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. Okay. Okay, so... You want to move on Riverdale. to Riverdale? We got any music yeah. for Riverdale? Hey, hey, we're the Archies, <laughs> and people say we Archie around. <laughs> Sugar. <laughs> honey, honey. <laughs> you are my candy, Cole Sprouse. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, you, you, you got to see uh, Cole Sprouse in a, in a, in a wife beater. In a wife beater beater so oh I'm sure my you were you goodness. were happy by that yeah <laughs> oh i'm fucking i wrote that down as a note you know jughead <laughs> and a wife beater is right, right there in my in my notes yeah he's such a such an attractive young man um <laughs> oh i uh, i mm-hmm. what was the th- what was the the name of this episode do you recall oh, i don't know off the top of I, my head i don't either uh, do you well i i came up with my own name for this particular episode and the okay <laughs> my the my name for this episode is Madchen Amic Overacting Episode. <laughs> <laughs> we all uh, know that Madchen Amic is not the yes. best actress that ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if I for I'll the be, listeners out there, she, she plays Alice Cooper, Betty Betty's mother. So yeah, and she was in Twin Peaks and played what was her Shelley? I think was her character. Yes, name. she played Shelley, the Peaks. waitress mm-hmm. at the Double R Diner. <gasps> Boom, at the Double R Diner, I have. Boom, boom, don't, don't. I have to tell you, man, I was not impressed with this last episode of Riverdale. I uh, thought it was, oh, I thought it was just boring. I mean, even Jughead and a wife beater couldn't <laughs> make it. Yeah. Barely made it better. I, I mean, thought it got really, well, you really had two, dull. Right, you had two storylines. You had, you know, Fred, Fred's construction woes, and. Uh, the uh, the baby shower, right, is pretty much the main the main stories that were running there, and uh, it's been a really good show. Well, I think I'm I'm having a little bit of trouble too because in the online a lot they're talking about how in s in season two of mm-hmm. Riverdale, which they've already said is going to happen, there's all this yeah. online discussion about how it might somehow hook up with the show supernatural it's possible that there would be zombies it's possible that there would be witches or supernatural things what? going on and i'm like Come if on. that happens i'm out i'm out man yeah a zombie or a witch and i don't want to see you know if they brought in sabrina the teenage witch and she was some girl teenage girl who thought she high school girl who thought she was a witch <laughs> and like practiced practiced the dark arts but really wasn't a witch just wanted to be and and thought she could be maybe that might be interesting kind of a a goth girl who who's an adherent to wicca right who thinks who thinks that oh yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna do the dark arts and make archie love me or whatever you know (laughs) um okay that could be that could be funny yeah uh, that would be okay but zombies no i'm out no real you know real witches flying on broomsticks or if they went way out there that's crazy yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know what the show supernatural is about i've never watched it me either i think sierra has i think (laughs) i think there are i think there are some homoerotic elements to supernatural so it's a surprise that i haven't watched it but Uh it's just one of those shows i don't know anything about um and so, you know, maybe I would like it if I watched it, and maybe I would like it if it merged with Riverdale for a storyline or something, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem like where this show should be going. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there were. I got a few notes written down here for Riverdale. 
that uh, I think, by and large, the episode was kind of dull, but there were a few it little was. details in there that are kind of interesting. You know that fr- you know Fred's construction site kept getting attacked by thugs that he thought were the uh, the serpents. But then it turns right. out, I mean, at one point in time, it turns out that Veronica's father is behind the attacks because he's found out about Fred and Hermione uh, getting cozy with each other. So that was kind and the of the only person he could have. Uh-huh. The only person he could find that out from would be Jughead's dad. Yeah. Who's the one that tells Hermione that that's what he's what the 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 dad in jail is thinking. I don't know. I it's, yeah, it's getting too complicated for me. Yeah, it is. Oh, and then there's another thing. Uh the character Joaquin, you know, the kind of the Hispanic uh biker uh boy who made out with Kevin Keller. Oh yeah, that in a previous me off. episode. Yeah. What mm-hmm. what pissed you off that that Joaquin is he's he's, he's he's scamming Kevin Keller in some way. Yeah, yeah, conspiring yeah, with, uh, like, with right with the uh, FP or uh, Jughead's father. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like whatever. All right, whatever. And then that's and, shitty. That's a shitty plot point. Nobody wants to see that. Well, Nobody yeah. wants to see Kevin Keller. You know. But we don't we don't really don't know, know what's going on there. This conspiring between Joaquin well, he, and, and Jughead's dad, because Jughead's well, dad is, is putting Jason Jason Blossom's jacket into a bag, and he's saying, this jacket is is my insurance policy. And I'm like, I, I don't understand what that sentence means. That, that, that seems like that's evidence that could, you know, put him in jail for a very long time as the murderer of, of uh, Jason Blossom. Unless he knows who the real murderer is. Oh, okay. Somehow. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, that's a good point. I just, uh, I did like that this Joaquin character. I didn't even know his name. The serpent that that's that's uh, they call him Kevin Keller's boyfriend earlier in the episode. Uh-huh. Um, uh, uh, actually, did seem to have some true feelings for Kevin, or at least didn't want to hurt his feelings. Right. It I seemed mean, like he was he wasn't true. happy about having to do that, which at least yeah. gave him a little kind of a sympathy. Um, Definitely. But I was like, eh, yeah, no, mm. no gay guy can have a relationship that's just normal on TV. There's always uh, got to be some crazy shit about it. Oh, except okay. on the except on the Fosters. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, Fosters is more trying to be true to life i mean come on riverdale is yeah you know his fantasy right on, on some level dark. yeah dark. i think that's one of the things i didn't like about this last episode was it just didn't seem dark enough it wasn't well, mysterious and twist twisty turny enough for me uh-huh well sierra called it a soap opera episode yeah it's kind of, and you know what twin peaks used to have those too there were some twin peaks episodes where it would just be there were certain characters on twin peaks that i didn't care for much yeah and when it would be an episode where it was a heavy their storyline was a heavy part of the mm-hmm. episode i would just be like yeah okay it's episode. <laughs> i think it always depended upon who had who had written the particular episode and who had directed a particular episode well that could definitely have a lot to do with it but there were certain mm-hmm. i mean most of the characters in Riverdale I'm interested in and interested in their storylines, although this episode also seemed to be a lot more about the parents than the kids, and I think that was True. another thing. It just was all all the parents' bullshit. None of the kids' storylines really got developed very much. Well, that's true, um, which is very counter to the original source material, the comic book, which very rarely, if ever, showed parents. Right. I mean, this this... 
this to me, this Riverdale is about the young people's perception of the parents, mm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. and and the history, uh, the, you know, the the idea that Riverdale is this great, you know, the the city with pep and this great. Yeah, supposedly perfect little town. And then there's this whole the kids see the whole dark underbelly of it. Um, Yeah. And so I didn't get a lot of that in this episode. And it was kind of it it was very procedural. It was kind of boring. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Very soap opera esque. Mm -hmm. Very much like one of those Twin Peaks episodes that would be kind of procedural. They, They got into a lot of stuff about like Ben Horn. And his business dealings, and I hated the character that David Duchovny played in drag. Oh yeah, I hated the character Billy Zane played. And sometimes <laughs> there would be these long, long, you know, these episodes that were mainly those storylines, and I would just get it was just be like, yeah, or the show uh, used to be good, or like yeah, <laughs> w- w- when James Hurley uh, ran away from Twin Peaks and was hanging out with the older blonde lady and her rich husband who ended up getting killed. That storyline. Was, I don't even remember was, that. Was, one. was kind of boring. He like he was like fixing her her uh, limousine or something in her garage. Yeah. Oh God, I I don't even remember that's going on. Okay, um, yeah, it was pretty forgettable. So <laughs> don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. There was a lot of a lot of things that happened in Twin Peaks towards the end. Yeah. I also hated the character of yeah. I think I've told you this. I hated the character of Wyndham Earl. Oh, I hated that whole whatever it was. I just I well, I mean, back when I originally saw it, I liked the character of Wyndham Earl because it was so weird and, you know, just such an over the top character. And that's the kind of stuff that I liked back in the day. And uh, I haven't even, you know, gotten through rewatching all of uh, the old Twin Peaks. So I haven't even got to the, you know, the whole Wyndham Earl thing. And so. Who knows? I right. may have a different opinion. We'll see. I'll 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 let you know. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about that the other day. That it's like it's April now, and it starts in May, and I really need to start watching. Yeah. The the original episodes again, and For sure. I've recently also got a lot of um, DVDs um, that I've been watching that I've bought and want to watch. And uh-huh. in fact, I, I, like I was telling you, I have about five of them that I'd really like to talk about on the show, but we cool. just never seem to have time. Right. And we'll, um, we'll have to make time. And, um, yeah, it's it's you know, I'm just like, oh, my God, I've got all these movies that I've bought recently. I bought this movie, 20th Century Women, that I saw some previews for with um, mm-hmm. Annette Benning, and it looks really great. And I'm, I just got that today and I'm like, damn, I want to watch this right now. Um, OK, but we're right. but we're doing the show tonight. I'm going to Mark Marin tomorrow. Maybe I'll get yeah. to it this weekend. I hope. <laughs> right. Uh, so, oh, getting back to Riverdale. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot to mention, this is the episode where finally, um, you know, it's been revealed that Jughead's dad, so everybody generally knows now that Jughead's dad is the leader of the Serpents, or or is at least a high-ranking member of the Serpents. So right. Archie knows, and Fred yeah. knows, and Betty right. knows, etc. But then, of Veronica. course, they, um, they come to help Fred, and so, you know, they're they're... They're trying to make him think that they're on his side when really they're yeah. causing a lot of the problems somehow, one way or another. They're right. involved with some some bad shit. So yeah. So what's going on there? Yeah, has yet to be revealed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, what else? Hal Cooper wanted an abortion. Oh yeah. For so Paul. Pa- for Paul. Yes. Got kicked out. Yeah. And then so I thought that was interesting too. Right. And Polly leaves the uh, the Lodge household, and we think that she's going to come home to the Cooper household, 
And at the end, she ends up going to the Blossom Mansion, to Gothic World. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and yeah, and, we'll have to see what happens there. Right. And one more, one more note. You might have noticed that uh, there there were a couple of cover tunes as background music in the episode. It was uh, Madness's Our House, right when the baby shower scene started. And then they did a, a cover of, of a Neil Young song. Hey, hey. Yeah, what was that? Hey, hey, my, my. Oh, hey, hey, my, my. Yeah. Because I, I tried to Google that and see if I could find out who it was by. This mm-hmm. pissed me off, man. You know, I, I, you know, my phone always has updates. It's like, oh, you need to update all these things on your phone. And so I update my phone whenever it says there's updates for shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I used to be able to just say to my phone, okay, because it's an Android, okay, Google, what song is this? And while the song was playing, it would listen, mm-hmm. and it would tell you what song it was most of the time. Sometimes it didn't know. Great. But I tried to do that tonight when that cover version was on because I wanted to see if it could tell me who it was doing it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't know how to do that. You have to download whatever one of those programs is that does song recognition. Like SoundHound? The most- SoundHound? What's the other one? Uh, it wanted me to download the other one. Butter I Dick. I can't remember what that program's called. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's called and Butter I was just Dick. Like, fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! Phone. You knew how to do this two weeks ago, and oh. now I ran something to upgrade Google, and now you don't know how to do it. Fuck you! Oh, that is I'm going, weird. I'm getting an iPhone the next time. What? I'm just gonna get an iPhone. Oh. I'm done. Are you sure you you got a <laughs> you didn't get a yeah right? Maybe you got a downgrade instead of an upgrade. Yeah. Right. <laughs> No, they want you to download. Um, oh God damn it! They want you to download a uh, some program. Uh, but it was a. It's a free download. Right. It's the one that everybody had before SoundHound was around. I can't remember now. It's What's gonna a, make me it's mad. A, it's a free download, but you know, it, it's it's another opportunity for them to shove uh, ads down your throat. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Through another app. Fuckers. Mm. Yeah. You damn, damn fuckers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Okay. Sons of bitches. Hey, okay, here's my other <laughs> notes that I wanted to bumpuses. talk about. Ready? Yes. Here's the here's the bumpuses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, these are the, like just some headlines I'm going to – not headline. I don't know what we – anyway, I wanted to, to mention these things. Mm. Troy Sivan is in L.A. recording a new um, album, yeah. so I'm excited about that. New Troy should be, you know, it'll probably be another six months, but um, <laughs> Harry Styles has a new album coming out and uh-huh. they there's there's been a couple ads on TV and people are just raving that it's going to be amazing. You know who Harry Styles is, right? Yeah, you'd mentioned him a few times. Okay. He was in One Direction. Um, and uh, I'll take your uh, word for oh, it. <laughs> do you ever watch <laughs> do you ever watch Rick and Morty? No. What is Rick and Morty? It's on Adult Swim. It's a it's a you know a cartoon mm-hmm. that's on at night, mm-hmm. um, uh, some nights, and um, it's about this guy who's like a he's kind of like a scientist, and he and he takes his grandson uh, around with him, and they have all kinds of adventures, and it's wow. it's really kind of funny. It's funny and weird and and different and um there's only been two seasons i think there's probably only like 16 episodes or so hmm. it's not a whole lot of episodes maybe it's, even less than that there may be like 12 or 14 
It sounds like Johnny Quest of the New Millennium. Oh, it's way better than that. Okay. <laughs> it's actually fun, fun and it's fun and funny. I like okay. Johnny Quest, but Johnny Quest was never fun and funny. It was always serious. Um, yeah, that's anyway, true. they keep teasing that there's a third um there is a new a new season coming, a third season, but Adult Swim hasn't said when it's going to start. Okay. And they keep teasing it and you know, people are saying it's going to start in April. We'll see, but mm, Mhm. Um, you, sh- you if you get a chance to watch it sometime, you should. I think you'd like it. It's it's kind of a cool. It's almost like if Mister if Mister uh, what what was Mister Science like a Mister Science guy? Uh, Bill like Nye, Mister Science guy. Uh, well, not the yeah, who's a who's the guy? Mister Wizard was it Mister Wizard that was on TV that would do science experiments with kids? Yes. It's almost like if Mr. Wizard was an alcoholic, crazy guy and, and <laughs> took his grandson all over, like okay. time traveled and yeah. and and visit, visited other dimensions and shit with his grandson. Okay, and this is this is Adult know. Swim, it's, so it's I guess it has to be show. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah, uh, it's funny. It's like Doctor Who then meets uh, Johnny Quest meets uh, <laughs> Family Guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. Okay, good. It's different. Anyway, I wish they'd fucking say when it's going to be on, and and then I would know. Mm -hmm. I could write it down and put it on my calendar to watch the new episodes. But until then... I'll just rewatch the other, the old episodes over and over because it's one of those shows like Family Guy that you can watch the same episode hmm. four or five times and it's still funny and and you still see something new in it. So how do they time travel? He has some kind of a gun that he shoots and it it oh. opens a portal to another oh. dimension. Okay, it's not like they yeah. ju- they jump in a dumpster that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside and go travel. Not space. And not time. yet that I've seen. Okay. Not yet that I've seen. Right. They do have. There is some kind of space vehicle he drives sometimes too, like a spaceship kind okay. of thing. Okay. Okay. He's got a spaceship, just not a time ship. Right. Okay. I guess. I. Uh, I yeah. I don't think there's a. There's not really any time travel. It's more traveling to other dimensions, and in oh. all the other dimensions, there. Okay. There are Rick and Mortys in the other dimensions as well. Okay. Well, then I might have to check out Rick and Morty then. It's kind of interesting. It's fu- it's definitely funny and and okay. there's two or, two or three episodes that are really clever and mm. and interesting and and worth watching a couple times. So Okay. Well, yeah, I I trust your judgment on uh, new stuff to watch for sure. You turned me on to Feud and mm. which is great. But I still haven't watched any yeah. any more episodes than the pilot. But uh, after I do, oh, man. We, we should, we, we'll talk. We'll talk. I am. I what is there's been four episodes and I'm telling you they're they're really good. OK. Um, the fourth episode that I just watched. Super good. Uh huh. OK. Well, then I, I'll so, tr- I'll try to catch up this weekend. OK, cool. If at all possible. All right. OK. OK. Well, cool. hey, man, we've uh, we've had a nice uh it's been a fun episode here. Enjoyable. It has. We had a lot of interesting stuff it. to talk about, and uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about uh, next go around. We'll be talking about Mark Maron, etc., and uh, many yeah. other things. Right. So cool. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to do an oblique strategy and uh, get out of here? Yeah. Okay. 
How many more bleak strategies do we got to do? Oh, do we I really have to keep doing these? Probably 70. <laughs> I know. It, was, I it know. Your, was it your dream to have a podcast and do oblique strategies at the end? Was that kind of like from the beginning, that's something you wanted to do? No, not really. It just came into my head only because I, okay. you know, I thought I liked oblique strategies and to some degree I still do. And, and like uh, Brian Eno, but uh, yeah, some of these just, yeah, they're a little, they're a little anticlimactic sometimes. So, uh, but then Lodger had to come and shit on all of them. <laughs> Why you got to shit on everything, Lodger? <laughs> I know, right? That's a callback right there. So. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let me just pull one and, and let's get it over with. All right. Because you know, there's that one person out there that just you know listens through all of our our blathering because they just want to they fast forward through the entire podcast just to get to the oblique strategy. Strategy yeah. of the week. There is one per yes, one person. There you go. Emphasize it's differences. <laughs> Emphasize <laughs> differences. Is there really one person that's that goes through the whole show, fast forwards just to get to this part that has contacted you and said that's what they do? Sure, Lodger. No. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Nobody's that twisted. Okay, good. Nobody's that twisted. I wouldn't think so. I guess there could be one one just gigantic Eno fan. Of course, that fan did listen to the Here Comes the Warm Jets references, but uh, yeah, Let's... then they, they skip ahead to the oblique strategy. Right, right. So anyway, the oblique strategy is emphasize differences, and if there's anybody out there that can uh, apply that to their... Uh, life and it uh, it's helpful to them well more power to you i i got nothing I think the <laughs> the big difference is is that you want to keep doing oblique strategies and i'm kind of done with it <laughs> <laughs> i hear you well you know the good part about the oblique strategies uh, segment it's very short it uh, is it's, and it's, it's pretty more much... of a, it's kind of a punctuation mark it does it does bring the entire show to a, a grinding <laughs> halt so <laughs> it's <laughs> As as the English would say, it's a full stop. It's a full – yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's it's a period. I don't yeah. know why, but like a couple weeks ago, that song Grinding Halt, which I think is from the Times Square soundtrack. Oh. I don't even remember who it's – you remember that song? Everything is coming to a grinding halt. Do you remember that song? Uh, vaguely, yes. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, a couple weeks ago, it just was going through my head for two days, hmm. uh, and I never even stopped to listen to the song. I just would randomly, at random times during the day, it would just start running through my head. Was that a John Otway song? That note, was that a John Otway no, song? No, I, I, I feel like it's, it's either the the Ruts or the Skids or. Uh. One of those bands. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it sounds like that. I yeah, I just can't remember off the top of my head. I'm googling not, it right now. Yeah, it's not Ian Drury and the Blockheads. No, I, I know all their songs. <laughs> okay, I know. Oh, it's the Cure. It's the fucking oh. Cure. That's what I thought. That's oh. what I originally thought, and then huh. I thought, no, I'm wrong. It's not the Cure, hmm. but it is. Everything is coming to a grinding halt. Okay. I don't know why. I hmm. I. Here recently, I'm just in love with that song. Okay. Yeah. That's what I think we should end the show on. I think what? I think at the end of the show, each of us should have like a, a song or a book or something that's just been running through our head for the whole week. Ooh. Something that's just kind of changed that's, our – it's something that's been yeah. kind of floating around in our minds for the last week. We can just ear, An earworm of sorts? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. We'll have an yeah. earworm segment. That sounds like a wonderful yeah. idea. 
That's why I got you to sign the contract to do this show. <laughs> <laughs> the idea man. Well, of course, it's been a great episode. I've enjoyed it. I have too, man. I had uh, a good time. I mean, uh, it, it's you know <laughs> just as enjoyable as uh, uh, going to uh, see the psychedelic furs last night. Doing this podcast absolutely is, has that same feeling for me. It's I love hanging out with you, and never a dull moment. I agree, man. I'm, yeah. You know, it's always fun when we hang out. I'm looking forward to, my, you know, I'm not, I know you like Mark Marin a lot. I, I like I him, do. but I don't know that much about him. And uh, yeah, I listen I'm to excited his, about going and, yeah. I listen to his podcast all the time. I saw all the episodes of his TV show on uh, IFC, the Independent Film Channel. Hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to, to see him. Sierra's excited to see him. And, and I know that you'll have a great time because... He likes oh, to, uh, yeah. He likes the shit on everything. Yeah, who does? Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> okay, and definitely. I, I'm sorry to to completely change the subject here, but no problem. That just reminded me. Did mm-hmm. you want to mention that we have put up a couple more episodes of Loop TV on our L- LTVPod.com? Oh, abs- absolutely. Yeah, I, I put it on our Facebook page that and people were happy to see that. But yes, we have put in uh, two more episodes of what I call vintage Loop TV episodes from you know somewhere. Between 2001 and 2006, probably closer to 2006. Episode 98 and 99 have been added. Uh, we've already had episode 100 for since the beginning of the, the uh, website. There might even be more by the time this podcast episode airs. We'll probably have maybe one or two more on the website. So, hey, if you're interested, <laughs> be in, cool. Yeah, if you're interested in seeing some of the origin stories of Lodger and me uh, hanging out together. That would be uh, something you might be interested in seeing. So go to our website, ltvpod.com. Cool. Yeah. And you'll get to see them. I'm excited. I haven't watched them yet, but yeah. uh, I just kind of uh, flipped through uh, both of them and was noticing that one of them has John Christensen's manifesto in it. Yep. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about all the stuff that there will be to see. Right. I think I still have a couple on the computer that I can very quickly and easily upload to YouTube, which cool. is which is where I'm uploading the videos to YouTube and then linking to them from our site because you can't you can't search for them on YouTube. You have to go through our site to see the uh, vintage Lube TV episodes. Cool. Yeah. So you have so. to go to the you have to go to the LTV, which is like Lube TV. LTV LTVpod.com. Yes, ltvpod.com, and uh, it's all there. So Poke uh, around a little. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to find because once you get to the site, it's, uh, there are a whole bunch of links on the right-hand side of our, of our front page. And uh, so very simple. I think it says uh, Loop TV Video Archive, and so that's about as obvious as you can get, right? Right, yeah, should mm-hmm. be pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Cool. If you, can, if you can't figure that out, you don't deserve to see vintage episodes of Lube TV. True dad, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I guess we've we've come to the end of this uh, lovely episode. I could wouldn't mind talking to you for hours and hours, but you know, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> I do too. So, yep. 
And yeah, it's so, after midnight now. So, <laughs> All right, so I'm going to entreat our listeners to slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Everything is coming to a grinding halt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you found your new catchphrase. <laughs> Maybe that is my new catchphrase. I kind of like that one. Yeah, it could be. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. 